everybody, welcome to Frame Trap. You might be noticing something. We're a little bit brighter. We're a little bit clearer. This is going to be the Hopefully. first Easy Allies show. This frame trap is going to be the first Easy Allies show with the new equipment. Test run, baby. Test, Test run. run. I'm terrified, but hopefully everything's right. <laughs> You're not more terrified than I am. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, Brett's fine. I'm fine. I'm Brett's looking do much. cool in this sick-ass Castlevania oh, shirt. Dude, yeah, it's from fangamer.com. Fangamer.com. Oh, we also have merch. There are yeah. Easy Allies shirts on yeah, fangamer.com slash Easy Allies. If you're an audio-owning listener, to describe Brad's shirt, it's got a beautiful... Castlevania Castle. It's got a bat flying got, above a Simon or something. Ah, Simon. Uh, okay. Like Dracula's face silhouette right here. Oh, oh, I didn't. I didn't even notice Whoa. that, Brad. Whoa. If you're new to Frame Trap, this is a show where we talk about video games. Where we love video games, and sometimes we love them so much we say bad things about them. Yes. <laughs> Joining me today, they've already spoken up, which is beautiful. Is the ever cool Bradley Ellis. Cosma. Brad, that's always how I describe you. It's always ever cool. Yeah. I think uh, you are th sometimes the best under pressure out of all of the allies. Hmm. Sometimes when I think I'm just good at hiding it. Could be. You could yeah, be. I think that's good it. At it. Maybe we're just all bad at hiding it. Maybe. Yeah. We need to. We need to learn some showmanship. I think. <laughs> and the ever cool Ian Hink. Isn't that what he is? Dude, we're both cool now. But it's a different yes! kind of cool. And sure. I want to. I want to yeah. explain this a little bit because this was. <laughs> this is intentional. Brad, you know, you can't shake him, okay? Uh -huh. No matter what he's doing. Ian Hink, we come in here, we've got all this new equipment. Always shook. Not always <laughs> shook, but like, I need to express to the audience how well Ian Hink comes in here and he's like, okay, this is what this does, this, we need, this is how it can look better. He's just like, got it all figured out. He's like doing all these crazy math equations in his head with camera equipment, um, and he just knows what's up. And every single ally, every single ally... From Don to Damiani, anytime there's a camera question, we immediately go to Ian Hank because he knows exactly what he's talking yes. about. Ian knows his shit, and that's very important in this business when you have other people who do not know their shit. So it's very good. Uh, so thank you, Ian Hank. Is what oh, I'm trying dude, to say. I got the cool. I got the cool narrowed down of the kind of cool Ian. Oh yeah. So. I will fall in the camp of the California skateboarding, sure. surfing, right. whatever, all that camp. And you're on the, the other side of like the awesome music side. Oh, sure. Like, oh, this kid's okay. six, he's good at music and knows a lot about it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the, the tightly wound, anxiety-riddled Ben Moore. I'm going to be hosting this new and hopefully improved. I think Still there's going to cool. be some things in this frame trap. What that a cool gonna... dude. <laughs> Thanks, Brent. I'm currently this noticing like, ways I could make the lighting more That's even. a sincere plug. It's a sincere bump up. Ben Moore's a cool dude. Thanks, Brad. Uh, I like to open the show. If you're not familiar with it, I like to I like to warm us up a little bit. We actually mm -hmm. were warmed up earlier today. We do uh, weekly hunts. We play Monster Hunter together. Mm -hmm. oh, and I yeah. think that kind of set the scene. We ranked fast food. We talked about Mac how me. you shouldn't watch anime on Sundays because it's a holy day. Yeah, Mac me. Uh, Ian is trying to improve the shot right now. Don't be alarmed. We're figuring okay. this all out. Uh, so, Brad, we got an email. Yes. Last time, and I'm gonna crib from that email, and I want to talk to you, and I want to ask. Okie dokie. Uh, it's E3 time. Yeah. If you haven't been to E3 and you haven't done E3, mm -hmm. it's hard to convey how crazy it is, and I don't mean that like a oh pity me, I have to go to E3. Correct. Yes. Kind <laughs> of a thing, but it is insane. Yes. Like it's just the whole thing is insane. You get there, and you've got robots from Horizon walking around. Mm -hmm. There's way too many people. You've got to get to things. They're crammed in booths where mm -hmm. you may not necessarily know where they are. It's just a frantic yes, mess. Yes. Yeah. And then you get on here, and you deal with these chuckleheads, and you talk about <laughs> video games, and you know they might throw you off your game. It's just it's just chaos. It's yeah. chaos from beginning to end. But we are in the calm before the storm, 
right yeah, now. Yeah. We're at the end of May. For sure. Once it hits June 1st, I start to get a little bit more uh, anxious. But we're at the end of May, and my question to you is, is there any way that you mentally prepare yourself for E3? Is there anything that you do pre-E3, some sort of ritual or practice or state of um, mind? Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> sleep? Yeah. What do you... Like, everybody sleeps. Do you mean you, you I, do I, extra I sleep? I get extra sleep. Okay. And I also... Okay. I set up the mental, the mental games in my head of... Yeah, it's going to be like we were saying, yeah, it's going to be like we're super tired. We're up late all the time. We're just tired always, but it's still a three and it's super fun and rad and I feel super privileged to be able to do it. So it's like you're preparing your body. Yeah. Okay. Because like I'm going to be mad and tired at a point probably. Yeah. But it's still awesome no mm-hmm. matter what. Brad, kind of uh, bouncing off of that good sleep-ness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been... Well, not completely, but I've been trying to eat better. Mm-hmm. We've been making a lot of our own food with like, fresh ingredients and stuff. And I've found that like the act of cooking, the act of like just the mechanical act of like chopping up onions mm-hmm. or uh, zucchini or whatever it is, and just like not having any distractions and focusing on a simple task really helps. Yeah, man. It's super relaxing for it, me too. Yeah, way. What's that? Now? That's what the Taoists would call Wu Wei or non action action. This is why I preface every cool before Ian Hank. <laughs> See, just throwing some Taoism at you. Uh-huh. Ian, I'm going to throw the same question to you. Do you have any pre E3 rituals? Yeah, I mean, I definitely try to like, I try to move my sleep schedule a little farther back or like, so I wake up earlier, go to sleep earlier, uh-huh. uh, eat enough. And just, like, steal your mind for, like, 18-hour days. Stay hydrated. Yeah, yeah and, and drink a lot of water. Because you have to deal with it on a level beyond, uh, I think, what other allies have to deal with it. You have to shoot a live show on the show floor for E3. Yeah. That goes into Easy Update. I assume just, like, that process alone is always super stressful because you never know exactly how it's going to go. It's different, right? I mean, I, it's a different kind of stress because, yeah, I'm, I'm there. I don't usually, I don't take as many appointments as everyone else. Mm-hmm. I kind of just like wander around looking at stuff, making comments, and then I'm done. I go, well, and then I have to cut everything in yeah, a day. Yeah, you're usually you there know. for like a day, right? I usually go on the floor full for day. like one or two full days, yeah, or a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I rush back and try to cut stuff. Um, and I'm here for streams, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a different different kind of thing, but I try to see. I see everything. I try to see everything, but from a slightly farther distance than, than a hands on demo, yeah. usually. Uh, last year, we all got to play Bloodstained together yeah. at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that was cool. I thought that was really valuable, having three different perspectives. And I wish we could do that with everything, but there's so much stuff that we yeah. absolutely cannot do that. And I feel bad for Bloodworth, who does all of the scheduling. Yeah. Blood's a champ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pro, by the way, at scheduling all of our stuff for it's us. It's crazy. Right. And he, spreadsheets upon spreadsheets. He, ha- he has to deal with a lot of yes man as well, mm-hmm. because uh, Blood will be like, hey, do you want to do this? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, these things are like right next to each other. How do, How do yeah, I do both this? Of them yeah. Work? Uh, and he does an excellent job. He like thinks about locations too. He's like, okay, you'll be you'll be on the other side of the hall, right? You need built-in time to get from here to here. And like, like, it's not right. possible. You need a lunch break, so yeah. I'm gonna leave you a little gap here, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's very so considerate. He's basically our like union rep. Yes, for right. like the yeah. nine of us that are in our own little Easy Allies union. All right, how can we do it so Hubert doesn't die during E3? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> because it's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, people get pretty near passing out during E3. Oh, dude, like. Day two, yeah, at, when we yeah. hit like one a.m. Yeah. yeah, and to drive so this point home with actual an actual example, uh, if you get curious and you have some extra time on your hands, go listen to the Easy Allies podcast that we shot during <laughs> E3 last year, 
It is a bunch of grown men at wit's end, going, at, at absolute wit's end, going insane, laughing at nothing. And it's, <laughs> I find it super entertaining. We did that one live, right? Yes. We did. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We always do a frame trap and Easy Allies podcast live every yeah, year, yeah. which is always fun. We're going to be bringing back the noodles and broth this year. I got one more question for the warm up. I'm going to start with Ian this time. Sure. We're getting into summer. We're not there yet. We're going to get there soon. Do you have a summer song? Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, or rather, do you have a song of the summer usually? Well, yeah. I mean, usually there's a banger that comes out, you know, and then yeah. it is the song of the summer. Mm-hmm. At this point, I can't say what that song will be. Uh, but I do like a good, uh, you know, high energy during the summer. Something that's takes the heat off, but like also like commiserates with the heat. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hoist That Rag by Tom Waits comes to mind right okay. off the bat. I don't know why. Uh, I've been meaning to tell you. Or Make It Rain by Tom Waits. That's a good one. Fiona Apple did this little cute YouTube video where she said she was making new music. And I oh. think that's awesome. Dude, when was that? Uh, Very excited. Uh, pretty recently, within like the last couple of months. Because it so. was like... 2012 was Idler Wheel. And, yeah. and between Ooh, Idler Wheel and like the previous one was like... 16 years like 12 10 years or yeah something? not not the most prolific but yeah. fiona apple is a genius who but one of the most skilled very, i would good. i would assert yes she's, she's excellent yeah you actually really got me into her and i thank you for that because i listen to her all the time oh she's so all good. the time Idler, i might listen to idler, idler wheel either wheel later. is that album like either wheel is in like my top three from like start to finish it's like very very good yes and we need to mount What's that. What's so great, I love the albums where like you, you pay really close attention to the lyrics, obviously, because they're so good, mm-hmm. but over the years, as you listen to it, you keep picking up new things, yeah. and I totally get that from Mind Their Wheel, which yeah. I love. Brad, you have a song of the summer. No, but I'll tell you what I put on. I don't <laughs> yeah, put on a song. Stuff. I don't put on a song. I put on an album. Yeah, yeah. And it's the Beach Boys' greatest hits, baby. Yeah! <laughs> Brad, you like the Beach Boys? Hell yeah, I like I the Beach Boys. I love the Beach Boys. Dude, I saw, oh, I saw Brian Wilson like last year. Really? Yeah, sick. Yo, That's if you so see funny. Brian Wilson again, let me know. I don't think he's touring anymore, Okay. Dude. I think right. it was, I legit right. think it was his okay, farewell Brad. tour. That's why I did it. Thanks for joining My us. My parents were like, you want to go see Brian Wilson? I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, man, Pet Yeah, sounds. dude. Roll the windows down. Mm-hmm. Play some Beach Boys. Live the dream. There's some Beach Boys songs that make me like real sad though. Yeah, absolutely. There are some sad Beach like, Boys. Like God songs. only knows. Like I used to yeah. listen to that, fr- the, especially the Barbershop Quartet mix from mm-hmm. Bioshock Infinite. Damn, dude, you put on, you roll down the windows, Damn. you put on, I get around. Yeah, dude, you're, you're, you're golden. You know, yeah. you know what movie Brad. that song makes me think of? Flight of the Navigator. I've never even seen that. It's pretty good. I, I go in phases with bands a lot. There's some I revisit more than others, but I think you've made it. Absolutely yeah. certain that Beach Boys will be a but huge part of myself. Here's the rule. This rule <laughs> yeah. I got from Michael Huber is you can only listen to Beach Boys when the sun's out. Oh. When the sun's out, Beach Boys it's are weird. out. It's weird. I've listened to the Beach Boys a lot at night, but yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm There's kind some... of in a very mild talking head kick. Ooh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like listening that. to Cross Eyed and Painless a when lot recently. Goes, uh, yeah. Talking heads are good. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. pretty good. Uh, sure. I feel like I have an accidental song in the summer. Like I don't think I make a conscious choice, but there is one that that I play more than the rest, and so it just sort of happens. Yes. What is it? Yeah. What, what is, is it? it? <laughs> oh, it's different every summer. Oh, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. 
I didn't understand the confusion there. Why don't you give us a tease of what you think it's going to be? What was it last summer? Yeah. Uh, Last summer, I was listening to a lot of Beyonce. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Formation was a song that I really liked a lot. Sometimes, Ben, you say, like, songs, like, just things you listen to that I would not expect from a guy who I just talked to who, like, loves Iron Maiden. Yeah, Yeah. I do. We were talking about Iron Maiden for the show. (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, Beyonce. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Iron Maiden and Beyonce. There was something I up. High school was interesting for a lot of reasons, but the most important thing that I learned in high school, and I mean this mm-hmm. to anyone still trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. it's not like super relevatory information, but it's still good to be said once in a while. You will learn in your life that there will be people, whatever you say, like if you say you like Beyonce or you say you like Art and Maiden, they'll suddenly typecast you and fuck those people, like like whatever you like, and it's okay to like a huge diversity of things. Correct. That's not, that's not a sin, that's not a problem, yeah. whatever. Just if anything, live your it's life. more intriguing to me. When yeah. someone bounces around like that. It is. It is. That's like the number one advice to like high school age, middle school age people is like, mm-hmm. be yourself. Be yourself. Like, it might suck right now. Be the rest of the world will, will catch up. Like, you'll be, you'll be awesome in college or yeah. whatever. And like, I don't know. I, sometimes I get really frustrated with genres of music and fans of genres of mu- music because it's so exclusionary where it's like, hey, I'm really into, yeah. you know, rock well then why do you like this pop singer mm-hmm. and it's like well because they're both good they're both practicing different yeah. sorts of songs and i wouldn't judge like an entire group of people on one genre absolutely like, some of like the most friendly people i've ever met have been at like death metal shows Ab- oh. yes yeah <laughs> that's that's actually one of the things that drew me into metal originally mm-hmm. is the the people that i was interacting with and the people that i met at show there were a couple of creepos but most by and large everybody was so friendly like they'd want to talk they were very passionate yeah. about music and just they had like they had good manners and it was yeah. really nice like when i saw uh nile like years ago yeah super good vibes everybody yeah. everyone was just stoked to be there yeah i found the same is true of horror movie fans. sure yeah sure. like people who make horror movies i'm not as like into really that scene chill, me either but, but yeah, yeah that's cool you know i didn't know you were a huge horror fan uh Here's the deal. I love like slow burn psychological horror and hate jump scares. Gotcha. I'm so, more. I'm more with you <laughs> on that side of horror. I prefer that kind of horror. Yeah. Like yeah. I despise. Like I won't go to a movie with jump scares because mm-hmm. I just don't. It like makes me irritated. I don't even. We like have the mental fun. damage. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, why I like, wouldn't be like afraid of walking alone. Not irritated in the stomach because something jumped out at me. Speaking of song titles, I like that for a song. I want to be afraid of walking alone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Way that's, ahead of you. That's what. Ooh. <laughs> no, I mean Spoilers. I'm just afraid of walking alone. Uh, Not a song. We're gonna move on to the games, okay. and yeah, there's, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> there's some games here that uh, I get really excited about. It's always it's necessary a lot of the times, and it's gonna happen here. Uh, but it's always nice when we have a game that where all three of us can talk about it and yeah. feel enthusiastic or you know critical or whatever it is. And there's a game that I'm just happy exists. Uh, because we're all big fans of the the thing that is spiritually successing, and that is Castlevania. And we're here today to talk about Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Brad, what is Curse of the Moon? Uh, Curse of the Moon is the prequel to Bloodstained... Uh, I forgot what Ritual the... Of Ritual of the, the Night. Night. Yes. Yep. Why is it... I wish it was just Bloodstained for the first one. Anyways, it's a prequel to the game in the style of the old NES Castlevania. So we're talking the one, the two, the three... This is a stage structure linear Castlevania game, not the Metroidvania that many are. Uh, the later Castlevanias, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a nice—I hate using this term—but a nice little love letter to the old Castlevanias. 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, when I was playing the first stage, I was like, this is this is cribbing so hard from it's the first like, stage of it's Castlevania. It's like straight yes. up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, little, like, little guys coming right. out of the ground. I'm like, oh, this is just, okay. Right. Uh, but th- there, are, so there are similarities. So like Castlevania 3, for instance. There's many similarities. Uh, there's, there's alternate paths that you can go down. Yes. Uh, but there's also four characters that you can play. Not only can you play as them, uh, you can switch between them at any time. On the fly. Once you've unlocked them. Yes. Tell me about that. Uh, so yeah, you could play as four different characters. Zengetsu, uh, who is the character you start as, you use a sword, your standard guy. What's the girl's name again? Miriam. 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 Yeah, she's the character in the new blood or the Bloodstain coming out. Right. Then there's oh, she's the whip, all that good stuff. Alfred is like uh, the wizard from three. I always forget her name. We talked about that earlier. But we always forget her. Yeah, you you very quickly brushed over the whip there, but I want to go back. To that, when mm-hmm. I first got Miriam and I saw the whip and I saw the way that it looked, it's exactly yeah, it's exactly. I was like, like the old one. they've got me by the yeah. balls. Oh. <laughs> I'm in, baby. Oh yeah, I got the sub weapons too and all that good yep. stuff. And oh, then yeah. there is Alfred, who's the wizard, got some sweet magic, gets hits people with a little staff, which I think is funny. His little animation. Yep. Then you got Gable, 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 who Gable, is Gable, Gable, who it. is just Alucard from. It's just Alucard. Yeah, he's got the bats. All that good stuff turns into bat. Uh, Brad, you were agreeing with a lot of people that are coming at me, and they were like, hey, I think Miriam's the best character. And Miriam is excellent. Uh, yeah. The range in her whip, uh, the different sub that she has, she's an excellent character. I really liked Gebel, and Gebel was the yeah. most useful to me. I liked, I, but... like, I think Gebel's really good near the end of the game, mm-hmm. when there's a lot more, like, plat, like death pits you yeah. can just kind of fly over. I like him. I think he's the second best I would probably use. So, like, in a boss fight, I'd use Miriam, then, like... Uh, I switch over to Gable like for certain because there's like yeah. a lot of like airborne enemies so it's good to have him in there too so he can, his bats do a a kind of vertical swing I would say so it's good to hitting guys higher up but uh, yeah I used him the second most probably because because like Alfred has a little health he doesn't have a lot of health no not at least until you get some upgrades you yeah beef him up a little bit but it's like, yeah, I used him probably the same way because the bat is really good yes the really bat is, good the bat is good and uh, if you want a hot tip from Frame Trap, where you get all the hot tips, uh, you can get there's a there's a sub weapon. They all have different sub weapons. Yes. I think that's important to say. Uh, there's a sub weapon that Alfred has. It's his default sub weapon where he has a f- shield of fire around yes. him, yeah. and you can combine that with other characters, and you can actually combine it with the bat form mm-hmm. of. Gebel. So wait, you activate it with the alchemist and then, then you switch, switch over, over yeah. and then you use the bat because that's the only sub weapon that Gebel can use. Uh. And then you become the bat, and then there are bosses where you need to hit yeah. them high up, and you're just like, "Well, I'm a bat with fire around me. Fuck you!" And then you run around. So and like, just keep hitting a him. sick build I did with that was was uh, Zengetsu has the fire that he does increases damage. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I had Miriam with that big axe. So I had yes. the fire on her and the huge charge axe. So just boss killer. That axe Whoa. is dope. Uh, you. Talked about the sub weapons, and I want to go back to that really quick. Mm-hmm. I think they do a great job of having a lot of intensely familiar sub weapons. You have Very the holy water equivalent. Right. You have just the dagger, the knife, yeah. 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 Uh, and but they also have some some cool creative ones. And I I think there's just enough of like, oh hey, can I do that? And trying it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really really fun. And it's not super complex or anything. Right. But like uh, with Miriam, she has the highest jump yes. out of anybody. And you Endless. can use that jump and then switch to another character so you can get their attack at that height. Yep. Oh my goodness. Which can be really useful Sick in combo situation. Stuff. Can yeah. you then jump again as that character? Or is the jump used? The jump, the is, jump, used. Ju- the jump okay. is used. The jump is used. Yeah. Um, so Ian, I want to hey. get your thoughts on it. Uh, you haven't finished it yet, but you're playing it. I just unlocked the alchemist, so I beat 
the second boss. I'm in the third world, I guess. Oh, okay. So you beat the water okay. boss. Okay. Yeah, the so train, you're on you're in stage four, it sounds like. Stage yeah. Yeah, because you get you get I beat the I the Oh yes. I did the train. Three. You beat stage three, thank you, Brad. The desert one. Yeah. Yeah. I did like, kinda like ruins sand, yeah. I think I just got to that. I okay. finished like the ice cave, I beat the train boss, I beat the ice yeah, yeah, golem yeah, yeah. or spinny turtle ice yeah, thing. So you're on the third level. Yeah. Um so Ian, my understanding of of you and your love for Castlevania, it's not that you don't appreciate like the the NES style of Castlevania, but you really came into it in something like Symphony of the Night. Yeah, my introduction was Symphony of the Night. Uh, right. Because okay. I didn't I didn't I never had an SNES or an NES. Gotcha. Sure. Uh, I had a Genesis when I was a kid. So like yeah. Symphony of the Night was my first Castlevania. Bloodlines dude, no excuse. He skipped it. Skipped it, I I'm guess. Yeah. I'm just kidding. It's all right. Well it's at the right. time it was like really hard to get, I remember. Bloodlines? I thought. Because it was uh, like or Dracula X Chronicles. Oh, that's or, Super it, was, Nintendo. it was all very that's confusing. Super Nintendo. There was sure. another one on PlayStation that I like didn't know about as a kid that I found oh, out later. Oh, PlayStation probably Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, Chronicles. Yeah, yeah, Chronicles, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, so how how is Curse of the Moon treating you as somebody who maybe doesn't have um, the nostalgia for NES Castlevania? I mean, I really like it. It's it seems like you guys were talking about it, like it wasn't that hard, but to me it was like pretty challenging. Uh, and what what specifically made it challenging for you? I just get hit a lot. Mm. Like I don't. I don't play defensively enough. Maybe I just like I let myself get hit a lot and then I die. <laughs> does the does the jump really throw you off? Where mm. you you're very committed to the jump and you can't change my direction and there's kind of a heaviness to it. That could be part of it. Uh, I mean, fighting the train boss, I definitely had to get used to the jump range. And yeah, like, sure. Especially when he's pulling the coal toward you, I had to like pull up short intentionally because I knew that I was gonna like overshoot it. You know. Sure. So that's definitely part of it. But uh, and I. I definitely like Miriam. She seems to move a little faster than mm-hmm. Zangetsu or whatever his name is. Uh, so I played as her as much as I could. But yeah, I really like it. I think it's cool. I think it's amazing that they just like threw this game out. Obviously, they didn't just throw it out. But like, I didn't even know they were doing this mm-hmm. until they yeah it, until it, it was, was like coming out next week. Too. I was like, what? Right. Yeah, because I, I wasn't keeping close tabs on I, the Kickstarter. I looked at the Kickstarter for like yesterday to see what it was, and it was like prequel mini game. That's what it said, sure. or something like that. And that turned into this. It's like, whoa, yeah, it's pretty impressive. Made yeah. by like a different guy or whatever, right? Uh, this is NT Create still. Yeah, on yeah, this. yeah. It's yep. It's supervised, I believe, by, by yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. The fact that it exists is just super cool. Yeah, you mentioned how much you enjoyed playing Miriam, and I think that uh, is a good jumping-off point for talking about another mechanic that it has that I think is really interesting. So, like uh, a classic game, you have lives, um, but. In this game, you acquire characters, and once you have you have four characters, um, and even even if you just have two, if you lose a character, if a character dies, you don't lose a life. Mm-hmm. Right. You just sort of uh, come back to life at the latest checkpoint, and uh, you can continue as the characters that you have left. Right. Um, and so, as somebody who likes to play Miriam a lot, when you would lose Miriam, did that kind of uh, punishing suck out the, <laughs> the joy of the experience from you? Uh. I wouldn't say it sucked out the joy, but, like, it's definitely, like, oh, like, it felt like a death, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the thing, really, that gets me is not not being able to play as her, but uh, not being able to use her abilities to get to secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, the main guy oh, can, yeah. like, he can, like, bust open a little wall, but then there's, like, a 
passage that's really short and she's the one who can dash under it mm -hmm. and like if you see that but miriam's passed out or whatever you're just like oh damn it yeah right <laughs> like that that's what stings the most sure. if one of the characters is dead is like oh i can't get up there and uh there's <laughs> there's plenty of places especially later on where you can only get to as the bat yeah mm -hmm. um uh, even in the first level it looked like there were like there high is up stuff areas yeah, yeah. But that's the thing about Curse of the Moon that I think that I really liked and, and impressed me the most and made it more than just like, oh, hey, I like Castlevania, haha. -ha. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was a great game in its own right uh, because of how you have to manage your different characters when you're fighting a boss and being like, okay, I'm taking a lot of damage. Let me switch to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's really cool. And also, even just being aware of the things that you're getting, right? Because if you think about Castlevania, it's like, well, I'm just going to hit all the all the lanterns and get all the atoms. Here, it's like, wait, if I run into health, like, I want this character to be right. active. Or when I hit the sub-weapon lantern, I want to get a different sub-weapon for this character. And just that little extra layer, I think, added uh, a tremendous mm -hmm. amount for me. And there's a quality to this game that I did not expect when it was announced and released so quickly. Sure. Uh... Not, not that I think they were gonna like throw something slapdash out there, but like, this feels like a legit game. You know, I really like, it. and also the music I love. Yeah, I really the like music the music is great. a lot. And I, oh, I think it just keeps getting better and better. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I need yeah. to, I need to keep going on it. I got mm -hmm. sidetracked by Pixel Junk Monsters. Understandable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and what's great, you you just mentioned uh, finishing it and keeping going, and I, I think if they just had the, the basic game that they have in there, when you just start up and you pick a difficulty and you go all the way to the end, that would have been enough for $10, uh, but I love that there is another mode, Nightmare Mode, there's actually a couple of different mm -hmm. modes um, that change things up a little bit, and it's like, oh, wow, okay, I'm going to play this two times, maybe three times, and... Uh, I love that. I love that, especially for the price. Yeah, I'm point. on my third playthrough now. Nice. Can you talk about what the modes do, or is it a spoiler? Yeah, so Nightmare Mode uh, is basically during boss fights, they'll have a, a few different... They'll change attacks up a little bit, based oh. on my experience. And what Brad was telling me mm -hmm. is the final boss is completely different. Completely different. There's a, oh, wow. There's like an additional scenario at the end of it, too, Are there, the final boss. If you're playing in casual or veteran... Or, that's what they call yeah. it. Right? Mm -hmm. Are there more or less secrets? Does it like I don't take think things so. away? I don't think My so. My understanding with casual, and I haven't played casual yet, but what I heard somebody else say in casual is that they're more generous with drops. Okay. And so you're getting more health. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they take anything away. Okay. Right, okay. right, right. Brad, uh, yes. word around the office is that you're pretty good at video games. That's what I've heard. I don't yeah, know I've heard why. that. I've heard mm -hmm. that. Uh, there's been some talk amongst people who are really hungry for New Castlevania that maybe Bloodstained is a little bit too easy. Sure. Do you agree with that? Um, it is pretty easy. I guess, like, from this, I was just so happy that it was such a good game. Mm -hmm. I The difficulty, like, spiked didn't really annoy me much. You, there are ways you could definitely make this game harder for yourself. Right. By, like, not recruiting anyone and just having Zangetsu the whole game. But yeah, I could see how people are like, if they want like a real, like if they want Castlevania one or three, they're like, like three especially is like really hard. Right. This is not going to be that hard. Right. So, so it wasn't a huge detracting thing for you. No, no, it wasn't for me. Yeah. And I, comparing it to NES Castlevania, I, I think you throw like the Grim Reaper from Castlevania one at people mm -hmm. or some of Castlevania three at people and that might really turn them off. Uh, understandably mm -hmm. so, but I, I think I, I totally get where people think some of Bloodstain is a little bit too easy, especially once you figured out some of the tricks. Yes. Uh, but that being said, you know, I still died. Um, 
I still was like, oh, okay, that was how that mm-hmm. worked. I was still learning as I was going on, and I think because I still had a little bit of that, I was okay yeah. with the difficulty yeah, overall yeah, yeah, absolutely. for me personally. Uh, but yeah, uh, follow-up question. Mm. So because you like Curse of the Moon, and because it was uh, more well-made than you were expecting, Ian Hink, uh, does this make you want more 8-bit Castlevania, or potentially more, like, a 16-bit Castlevania? I say Castlevania, and what I mean is, like, in the Castlevania style. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'll take any Castlevania. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe a phone Castlevania. Well, who knows? Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm always down for well-made Metroidvania games. Sure. I'm really looking forward to Hollow Knight coming out on the Switch because I started it on the PC, then just got sidetracked with other stuff, got yep. busy, and hadn't finished it. And when I heard about the Switch the release, I was like, oh, it's perfect uh, for that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for that on the Switch. Really excited about that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of my favorite subgenres, so I'm always in. Good. Brad, do you want more of this, or uh, it, so, is it dependent on Ritual of the Night? So... Oh, well, from what I've played a Ritual Night, I was pleased with. Uh, I've always been in the camp of I I prefer the older style Castlevanias going through the stages themselves. Yeah. Opposed to the Metroidvanias. Don't get me wrong, I love the Metroidvania ones. I love them. I love them. But just getting a game kind of in the spirit of games I haven't gotten since, like, PS1 with Chronicles. Right. Like, it's been a long time since I've had a game like this. And I'm super happy that one has finally come out and that it's as good as it is. Absolutely. I think I actually kind of agree with you um, because there have been a lot of games that, especially indie games that have been inspired by, by yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the Metroidvania style. Yeah, and I, I love them. And like Ian said, I, I think it's a subgenre that I hold in very high regard. Um, but there haven't been as many. There definitely have been some. Yeah, I'm not course. I'm not discounting the ones that exist. But there haven't been as many as the like, hey, let's just have this going through levels Ending with a boss, mm-hmm. cast, you got a weapon, sub weapons like kind the, of thing. It's the, like the theming I love, Castlevania, fighting monsters, vampires, kind of stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you guys were saying this, it, it just hadn't registered with me at the time. I was just like, I am a, I am a sucker for the gothic horror style. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah, and really, like I said, with this style, it got me by the balls, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. I mean, like... Me. I mean, it's funny because, like, I think I sort of misunderstood your question because to me, saying the Castlevania style means Metroidvania. Sure. It doesn't mean level-based. Right. Um, and, like, yeah, it's refreshing to have a level-based game like this because it does kind of take the pressure off in a certain way that mm-hmm. you don't have to backtrack and find all these things. Uh, I love doing that. But, yeah, it's kind of been – there's been a deluge of that sort of thing. Um, that said, you know, if a game I'm expecting to be Metroidvania went levels, like if Souls went back to more like a – Demon Souls style, like a hub with levels. Mm-hmm. I'd be a little bummed. I don't know. I'd be a little bummed. I don't know. It just depends on the quality of the level themselves I mean, yeah, for right. me. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I trust from obviously, but because right, yeah. because the thing when you break it down like that, um, the thing for me, what what makes the interconnected world so good is when you have those moments where it's like, oh, this is how this connects back I was to this Firelink this whole time. And even yeah. in Demon Souls, they did a lot of that. I mean, yeah. there were, there yeah. were a yeah, lot of like moments within in the those levels, levels yeah. Uh, yeah. where you had that. Um, but you also made me think of something, Ian. Um, huh. And I think that's why the lack of Castlevania and the way Konami has, has been handling it is so frustrating is because it's not just like Castlevania is one thing. Right. Uh, it is. It can go in all of these different directions and have all these different ideas, and it has done that in the past, um, 
and to just completely remove that and shut down all of those paths that it was on yeah um, and all those different ways that it can go i think is is quite frustrating well there's the phone one which maybe could be good i forgot that that existed yeah yep me yeah. too until like just a second ago yeah what if it's good i don't know do you think we'll get to a point do you think we'll ever get to a point where a classic franchise will be coming out with a new entry on phone and will be like that's going to be amazing, and there's no hesitation at all. Uh, maybe Nintendo sometimes, like because Pocket Camp was alright. Yeah, I was gonna say, weren't we excited for Pocket Camp? Yeah, I mean it's not as old as Castlevania, obviously, yeah, but yeah. it's been around for a while. Sure, yeah, like it worked. I mean, you could you could do like some kind of combo Pokemon Go more standard Pokemon mm-hmm. thing that could be cool, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's all just about how you do it and if how how like shitty it is with microtransactions. I think <laughs> how that lousy question with greed it is was kind of couched in the like. There's this new phone Castlevania coming out, right. but there's not any other Castlevania. Right, coming right, out. yeah, yeah, right, yeah. And, barring other th- like, we right. all still assume that real Pokemon and real Animal Crossing is going to come out because I mean exactly. that's how it feels. Right, a phone game doesn't feel like a real entry. Let's see what it feels like. It feels like a one blip on a yeah. monitor coming up like boop. Yeah, just like one. Like the phone gets the one blip. It's not completely dead yet. I thought it's been dead for a while, but boop, just one. Oh, for Castlevania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, I think that's a pretty like. There's still kind of hope, but Mm. pretty bad still. Like a drop of blood fell on Dracula's lips. Yeah, he's like, and he got like a slight amount of life back. Yeah. Um, We're gonna be moving on to something else that we all care about quite a lot. Okay. uh, That we've been accused of talking too much of, which is fair, I think, in a lot of instances. But we have ample reason to talk about now, and that is Dark Souls Remastered. Is oh yeah. Um, So Brad, you are kind of responsible for the coverage of Dark Souls Remastered, Uh, and I'm gonna question, and I I get this question a lot when things like this come out. They said, hey. I've played Dark Souls. Is this worth the cost of playing it on, you know, any given platform? Depends on what platform you're playing on. Okay. Uh, if you play on console, I would say yes. It feels very good in 60 frames. It's checkerboard 4K. It's not native. Uh, I haven't had time to mess with the PC version yet, so I can't say definitively if it's worth it or not. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing word around the campfire that it might not be worth it, but I have to check it out for myself. I heard it's lousy with hackers. I mean, that's just Dark Souls. Dark Souls original was, like, bad, too. Just yeah. PC, dude. Wild West out there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I think it's... I'm having a really good time playing. I just beat it a year ago for the retro, pretty much. Yeah. And I was like, man, this... It, like, it feels... It rejuvenates it a little bit to me, because, like, 60 frames makes a big difference in a game like that, how it feels and everything like that. It looks better. I've noticed the lighting's different in a lot of areas. It, it's like very much darker. I've noticed, like in the dark, it's harder to see than the previous versions. Mm-hmm. Bonfire looks a little different, like the fire effects. The souls themselves look a little different, and the fog gates do look a little different. But um, if you're expecting like any major changes from the original one, you're not gonna really get it. Mm-hmm. There's a few small changes, like being able to change your covenant at the bonfire now. Oh, but there's like, there's like, I'm not a I don't, I'm not aware of, like, PvP balancing yet either. I haven't really toyed around with a lot of that. But so far as I see it right now, it's just, it runs better, and it looks a little better. Okay. And so, they, I, oh, I just, I wanted to say, like, someone in chat earlier today, uh, during Weekly Hunts, asked if they, like, updated the the battle system, like, the combat or the gameplay, no. to be more like three, and it's like, no, no. it didn't. It's just better it's, frame rate. It's one with better frame rate, yeah. and it looks a little, maybe a little better. Maybe. I wonder how... 
the 60 frames affects the timing of the attacks and stuff. I think they fixed a lot of that. A lot of that was from the PC version, which oh, okay. was capped, I think, originally at 30 until they did the fix, the DS oh, fix, okay. that like allowed you to do that kind of stuff, and some things didn't work as well. Because I know like speedrunners and stuff will play a certain version of a game, like mm-hmm. the PAL version, because it's yeah. 25 I, or whatever, and like that stuff gets so crazy. Like I always thing. love yeah. when speedrunners play a game in Japanese because you can get through the text boxes oh, yeah, yeah. faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the game too, I love stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, more efficient um, language. So was it last night? Yeah, it was yesterday. No, it was two days ago. Uh, I started streaming Dark Souls, and I was just going to to do it for like an hour, and I kept going right until Huber had to stream because I got that sucked in. Mm-hmm. And then even after the stream, I kept playing, uh, and I got past Quaylog, and so I did Blight Town, and Blight Town in sixty frames, man. Yeah, it's very the, nice. The dream. It still nice. sucks. Those toxic bastards. Oh yeah, I mean, I hate Blight Town. But... Yeah. At least it runs properly. Right. At least you're. At least you're not fighting the. Yeah. The. I was kind of liked Blighttown. <laughs> no, Blighttown is cool. When yeah, I say yeah. it sucks, no, I mean, I sucks, mean that. Yeah. Uh, oh, it sucks. I mean that kind of affectionately. Um, and some of the way some of those monsters look in Blighttown, I think, are still a little creepy. Yeah. Uh, which is nice to be able to say about a seven-year-old game. The thing I'm looking forward to is, one, two, and three, and maybe even parts of Demon Souls have like, jumbled up in my mind, like where I'm like. Which game had that area where you're on the like parapets of the castle and that guy comes out of the little room and like jumps over at you and like I don't remember which game mm-hmm. certain parts were from. Yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to going back into one and being like, "All right, that's this." Yeah. Yeah, Dark Souls 1 uh was a game that when it came out, I mean, it it completely consumed me and I mm-hmm. just kept playing it. I had friends who was pl- who were playing it and I I felt like I got to dig into that game on a really Fairly deep level in a way that I normally don't get to uh, with a lot of games, um, but enough time had passed that I went into the stream being like, "Oh yeah, I remember all of this stuff," and then there were plenty of things that I had forgotten, yeah. or or things that I thought would be trivial encounters that ended up being uh, a huge deal. Think, yeah, and that was oh, kind of yeah. nice. Yeah. I mean, it makes oh, yeah. it, it makes it feel fresh again. Um, but what really impressed me about Dark Souls One, and I don't think two and three for whatever reason, hit me in the same way like this, is just when you get to Firelink Shrine and kind of the wonder that you have because you have so many different paths that you can go right at that moment, and mm-hmm. all of those paths feel di- very different from one another. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they all kind of create these still, like, incredible what moments where you're trying to figure out how to deal with the ghosts. Or you're like, oh, my God, these skeletons, they're, they're, their bones are coming off the ground, and now they're yeah. coming and attacking me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even just uh, the undead parish, how, how much there is to that, like, single area uh, is really impressive to me. And so I just think the construction yeah. of the world is so cool. Ian Hink, hey. um, you are a Bloodborne fanatic, I would Love say. Uh, how do you feel about Dark Souls 1 in a post-Bloodborne, post-Dark Souls 3, Dark Souls 2 world? Uh, I mean, obviously it's slower, like combat-wise. Too slow for you? Mm, I don't know yet. I haven't... I've been... I'm waiting for the Switch version just because I think the novelty of playing Dark Souls on the Switch is so crazy that you know but i'm a little bummed that it's 30 instead of 60 um so i'm thinking about trying the ps4 one i don't know i haven't decided yet but like i don't want to do the ps4 one burn out on it not get it on the Mm -hmm. switch whatever Mm -hmm. um you know so i'd probably wait for the switch all that said i mean dark souls is an amazing game so you know you can't really fault it for being older they've definitely like updated the style of combat i think to not even to keep up with the times just to like make 
different styles of gameplay a little more viable. Mm-hmm. Like Dark Souls One is is very sword and board compared to Bloodborne, obviously, and even compared to Three. Like I played Two and Three dual wield, and I don't think I ever used a shield at all. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in One, you pretty much have to use a shield. A lot, you think of, so? a lot of the time, you th- yeah. You think you're a little bit more forced to use a shield? In, I wouldn't in say Dark Souls forced, one. but it's definitely like mm-hmm. a, the maybe the most viable option. You know, certainly you, you can't dual wield, but like certainly not using a shield is harder. The thing for me with Dark Souls, though, specifically when it comes to the bosses, um, you are there are definitely a lot of very confined quarters in yeah. Dark Souls where you have uh, less. Caberdine. The sewers, for example, come to mind, or many parts of of. The Undead Parish come to mind, but I think with a lot of the bosses, uh, like you think about uh, the the uh, the Gaping Dragon, for mm-hmm. example, you're just in this absolutely huge arena that like a shield doesn't really do you much good. You're much yeah. better rolling away from things. Uh, Brad, do you think you're kind of limited in how you can play in Dark Souls 1? Dark Souls 1, um, c- kind of, like, a little less, like, dueling wasn't really a thing in 1, like Ian said. Yeah. 2, yeah, they kind of made it more a thing with power stance in 3 that kind of carried over a little bit. Three, I feel like they give you more variety just because there is more. Two, same kind of thing. Um, but I think like the most OP thing in Dark Souls 1 is just, ma- it's just magic, dude. It's just sorcery. Yeah. You can destroy everything in that game easily. Easily. Like If you're having trouble with that game, dude, make a mage. You're going to kill everybody. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> in the... what? Why can I not... Why am I blanking on the name? What is the name of the class that is... The Deprived? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that's what it was. I, I made it deprived and was having a lot of fun just going around beating people with the club. Yeah, club's fun. <laughs> and then after the stream... Um, Did you get the great club from no, White I, Town? I didn't. Man, I didn't. so I, fun. But I got this Y-hander. Oh, And I was like, well, you know, I I need 24 strength for this. I'm just going to mess around in... in you know, undid perish until I've got 24 strength to wield this thing. Mm-hmm. And I did, and I was having a good time. And then I got it, and I was like, oh, oh, I've kind of made this game trivial now. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I just had that moment where I, yeah, I think I, got, I went a little bit too far. I got a Black Knight sword drop, sure. and I one-shot oh, yeah. the Taurus demon. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got... I uh, bumped up my strength and got this white-hander before I fought the Gargoyles, not realizing how much it would just dunk on that fight and just doing, like... A fifth, a fourth of their health mm-hmm. uh, with every swing yeah. was was. Oh, yeah, I used intense. the Black Knight axe for most of that game, I think. Yeah, which is weird for me because normally I don't. All those Black Knight weapons are great if you yeah. can get them early on. They're out of they're out of control. Um, I I feel like for me personally, not mm-hmm. necessarily as, as Ben Moore, the the guy on the podcast or the video game critic, but Dark Souls Remastered kind of falls into a weird spot for me where I'm not really thinking about value or how much they've added, mm-hmm. uh, just because the game means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is obviously an unfair and completely biased thing to say, but you know, it was a, it was a game that meant a lot to me. And yes. so like, spending money on it and putting more time into it uh, isn't as much of a cost, I think, as it would mm-hmm. be for some other things. For sure. But Bradley Ellis is yes. the person who wrote the Souls retrospective mm-hmm. uh, and played all of them like back to back to back to back. Yeah. Where does Dark Souls 1 rank for you? And how was it revisiting it uh, in comparison to the others? I'll give you my order. Okay. Number one is Bloodborne. Number two is Dark Souls 3. Number three is Dark Souls. Number four is Demon Souls. Number five is Dark Souls 2. Interesting. I would probably switch around Dark Souls 3 and Dark Souls 1. Sure, yeah, I get that. But Bloodborne, yeah, it was weird. uh, Because I wasn't sure about this before, but playing Dark Souls Remastered has cemented Bloodborne as the best one for me. Yeah, Bloodborne is just like our favorite. Mine would one. be the same as yours. Yeah. I think I'd flip one into three. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ian, I'm excited for the Switch version to come out. Yeah. And to see you playing that at Brandon's Garage. Oh, yeah. Just all the time. Oh, we'll be co-oping, dude. Throwing, I'll be chucking lightning bolts right next to you. Like, we'll all just be sitting there, and all of a sudden, someone will just go, Gah! Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Being on a plane, and then suddenly just going, Fuck! Yep. <laughs> and then be like, oh. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's weird, man. You you think to yourself, and this just might be me. This might just be a me thing. Where I was like, man, I don't think I've ever died to the Taurus Demon. And then dying three times oh, to the yeah, Taurus yeah, Demon. Yeah. It's like, That's damn, the thing with still those games, me. man. Sometimes they can just... Go south real fast. Right. Out of nowhere. But the Cabra Demon, who during my first playthrough was oh, a mountain for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First try here. And so it's yeah. it's kind of cool having those variable yeah. experiences. The, yeah. my uh, favorite, how much overconfidence can play a part of it. Right. My favorite thing with Dark Souls, uh, maybe even especially Dark Souls 1, is like how much the fear mm-hmm. plays into how good you are. Like if you are willing to just kind of go for it <laughs> a lot of the time it just works out mm-hmm. so much better for you the one thing i forgot about entirely was encumbrance and like equipment weight yeah. and like yeah. basically having to use uh havel's ring or whatever yeah man <laughs> like that part i'm not as excited about but yo because i like to keep as light as possible you know the ring of favor and protection yeah i was going to say like just just as a tip if you if you don't know what that is and you're playing for the first time how to get it but i also kind of don't want to ruin it for people but that makes that game way easier man oh yeah one of the best rings in the game yeah i'll just say loud trek oh okay yeah yeah also you can't unequip it if you do it breaks it breaks yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. that the yeah does it break if you die What's that? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. Just if you, if you I think I never used slot. it for that reason because I was like afraid. Oh, yeah. it's so good. Yeah, it's very so good. good. Uh, Ian, I think you're kind of filling the Kyle Bossman role today, and what I mean by that is every single time Kyle Bossman is on Frame Trap, he brings in a game that either a I've never heard of or is completely out of left field, and you have the honor of doing that today. Sweet. You're bringing in something. Let me make sure I get this right. You're bringing in a game called The Infectious Madness of Doctor Decker. Yeah. What is it? Okay, so I've been looking into FMV games recently for reasons that are my own. Uh, but this one is coming to the Switch is how it got... It was on my radar. I was looking at the coming soon in the shop on the Switch. The Switch? And uh, and this was on there, and I was like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. It's a Lovecraftian, like, psychological hmm. uh, pseudo-horror FMV game where you're playing as a psychologist who's replacing someone named Dr. Decker. And Dr. Decker was murdered... Uh, and at the beginning of the playthrough, the game randomly decides which one of the, which one of your patients is the killer, and then you basically just have to like interview them to get information to figure out who the killer is. You know, I haven't beaten it yet. I'm in like act almost in act three, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it is. It, it has the honor of being the game with the most video in it ever made. Oh. It has by like by like a, a wide margin. It has like 7 or 8 hours worth of video. Uh as opposed to like, like your solid four. Her story had like two or something of mm-hmm. of full motion video. Oh, sure, I mean. sure, sure. Yeah. Um but uh it's a lot of fun. It's a little weird. It has a text parser, so you have to type into the I'm playing on a PC. Oh, you have to type into the game. Well, the Switch version has like pre-made responses, oh, responses you can select. Gotcha. Which might actually be a better way to play it because sometimes trying to find what the game wants you to type is a little irritating. Oh, okay, gotcha. You hear a lot of like, mm, sorry, I don't know. Like, you get a lot of those clips. But the acting is like pretty good. The writing is good. It's interesting. 
uh, yeah, I'm into it so far. I really wish I knew what engine they used, if it was Unity or what, because that's important for me. But, like, yeah, it's cool. It's fun. I mean, it's it's an FMV game, you know? With <clears throat> FMV puzzle games or with classic adventure games, the, the situations that I dread the most, and they, they don't happen all that often, but every once in a while I'll get to an obstacle, mm. and I feel like I will arrive at a conclusion that makes perfect sense and the game's just like, nah. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> That's not the dream logic we're hoping you use right now. Right, yeah, yeah. right. Um, and you mentioned that it was like sometimes annoying typing in exactly what they wanted yeah do you feel like that's happening pretty often or uh, most it, of the time you're getting through the puzzle smoothly it was hap- well the thing is like this game it's it's you, the camera never moves it's not like mist where you're clicking around and then an fmv happens it's mm-hmm. just fmvs yeah uh and then you type questions that you want you're basically a psychiatrist asking your patients things and then they play a video back um i was attempting to do it without hints uh, for a while, and it was a kind of a problem because, like, I would bash my head against the wall a lot. Where I'm like, yeah. "What do you want me to say? I'm typing this thing, and you're saying, didn't we already talk about that?" Like, I'm like, "Well, not in this way, okay, but whatever." You basically have to use keywords. You don't even have to type out full sentences. You can just say like, uh, "Beach," you know, and it'll whatever. But um, when you type in hint, it'll say like, "I should ask her about dancing," or whatever the characters, you know, and like it phrases it in the way that like, okay, this is how you say it and it'll trigger the next thing. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of just got over myself and started using the hints because so, it was like sort of necessary. <laughs> yeah. Hint systems in these types of games are always really interesting to me because I've seen some really great systems for hints and some really bad ones. Yeah. Uh, does this just offer like one super obvious hint? Are there like different levels it's a cool of hints? Down. It's a, you get one hint and then you have a cooldown of like a minute or two. Oh, okay. okay. How um, many, how many levels to the hint are there? It doesn't exactly work like that. So it's like the one hint will get you like the next thing you haven't talked about yet. It's sort of I like see. her story where you're just kind of like digging through the pile of trying to see all the clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you've seen the clips, the game's like, you've seen enough clips for this person to move to the next act. And once you get all the people like that, you can move to the next act. It like unlocks the next act. So just um, so I'm understanding this correctly, if you go far enough with it, you just kind of solve the thing automatically. If you, if you're using hints, then yeah. Okay. Um, but there are some, creative things you can get and there are side stories too that you can unfurl Mm -hmm. every patient starts as red and to move on to the next act you have to get them to orange uh and if you get them all to green it means you've seen literally everything available to you and but the game is like that's really hard so probably don't try but um but yeah it's a weird fmv game where you type at these patients Hmm. and they talk to you Uh, not to keep bringing up weekly hunts, but during weekly hunts, we were talking about mist. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know for you specifically, uh, PC adventure games were very foundational in your like gaming upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. And they were for me as well with my dad. Yeah. Uh, but I, I haven't played as many as you have. Do you think that your experience with like growing up with them has kind of attuned you for how these games function yeah. and, and make it, make it a lot easier for you than it would be for other people? Yeah, and I, I don't want to say like it's a full nostalgia play with these FMV games, but it's definitely part of it. Like, mm-hmm. it brings you back to like, oh yeah, I remember like Wing Commander or like <laughs> you know Mist or whatever. Right. Uh, playing these FMV games, and those were like less like straight ahead FMV games. They had some walking around and stuff. This one is literally just like clicking, typing through a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that I have a special place in my heart for FMV, for sure. And sure. that like kind of gives a lot of things a pass that I wouldn't give in, sure. in other games, probably. Yeah. It's a weird one. Brad, uh, 
What is your experience with adventure games? Uh, pretty much zero. Zero. I didn't have a PC that I could play games on until I was in high school, mm-hmm. kind of thing like that. And by that time, it was, it was a World of Warcraft machine at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I missed like all Monkey Island, all of the whatever. Uh, Space Quest. All those and... kind of games. Yeah, I missed them all. I would like to play like Monkey Island or sometime, but I'd missed them all. But we live, we live in an Wait, era. I'm sorry. I've played one. Uh, Stick it to the man. Oh, sure. I played it on, yeah, uh, yeah. what was it, PS4, I think? That game seems really cool. Dude, I like that game. It was nice. fun. Nice, nice, nice. Um, but as far as, like, the classics go, yeah, we, live, we live in an era of the re-release where, you know, a lot of, like, LucasArts stuff is, is getting re-released. Yeah. Um, does that stuff interest you, or are you, like, kind I of would like, nervous to I, go back no, to No, I'm not nervous to go back to them. I would like to try them mm. just to see yeah. I think that I think that you would find like Grim Fandango, for example, has some like insane and Monkey Island too, mm-hmm. some just like insane interactions that you have to do. If I like, go back to it and I get stuck for like ten minutes, I'll yeah. have no problem just looking it up. Oh yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying is like just look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah I have yeah. no problem with doing just that because like it does not make sense. Yeah, like, like there oh, just... there are some solutions that are just insane yeah, for sure. Like in Grim Fandango, there's a part where you have to like put a thing in the ground at like this exact right pixel. And there's just basically, like, no way to do it mm-hmm. other than trial and error. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, my God. Ian, uh, with this game specifically, I keep forgetting the name of it. The Infectious it's Madness long. of Dr. Decker. It's like the Idler Wheel title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned being initially drawn to it because of the vibe. Um, do you I think... mean, I love Lovecraftian, yeah. Gothic right. Horror stuff. Um, so kind of as you're going through it, do you think that the story is, is well-presented enough and, and interesting enough for it to... To kind of hook you further beyond kind of that initial attraction. Yeah, actually, um, there there were a couple of times where I was kind of like, "All right, I've seen enough. Like, I've gotten the idea." Uh, and then, like, a character will be like, "Yeah, so I have an extra hour every day. Everything freezes, and I can do whatever I want." Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, "Are you crazy, or does this actually happen?" And then they like say things that are like, it, "Like, you wouldn't be able to do that if you couldn't actually do that." So, like, it. it it does what like the cosmic horror thing where it like skirts the line of like, you're never really sure if these people are nuts or if it's real, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and like the infectious madness of Dr. Decker, like they're, they're all patients of the previous psychiatrist who was murdered. You're trying to figure out who that was, but you start to get the impression that like Dr. Decker was crazy and like infected his patients to make them do things or believe things. And like, the extent to which that's real or not real is what I'm trying to like ascertain, and it's it's pretty cool. So yeah, they 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 give you little hooks to keep you going, and like characters will contradict themselves in interesting ways, where it's like they'll say like a thing like, "Oh, I went there because they've got good vodka," but then like two seconds yeah. later they're like, "I don't drink," so you know, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute." <laughs> so yeah, they do a good job with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I say this is one of my favorite things in games a lot, but uh, you just made me realize how much I enjoy like unreliable narrators in oh, games. Oh yeah, um, and I, this I think is a game of, with like six of them. Yeah, <laughs> I think of like uh, the the feeling I got in uh, Silent Hill: Shattered Memories when yeah. you were in the therapist's office yeah. and just how uncomfortable that was. And Until Dawn actually has uh, some of that as well, and I thought yeah. it was very very her story very cool. too, which I think was made by I the same played guy it, who her made. Story. Uh, I think the guy who made Shattered Memories made her story. If I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Well, la di da. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about a game that I am super excited to talk about and, like, I want to kind of make a fight for. <laughs> uh, it's an old game, and that game is Pikmin 2. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, a few months ago... That was on GameCube, right? 2? 
Yeah, it was on GameCube. Yeah, yeah okay. I, so I should uh, qualify this. Pikmin 1 and 2 were originally on the GameCube. Yeah. Um, and then they did new play control for the Wii. Right, that's right. And so uh, I played with my girlfriend, Pikmin 1, and I just... She... She has come to me and she said Pikmin is her favorite Nintendo property Whoa, of anything. Cool. More than Mario, more than Zelda, more than Donkey Kong, Kirby, all of that. She just loves Pikmin. Um, she thinks they're enjoyable, but more importantly, she, she thinks the games are really interesting. Uh, and in college, sure. we played Pikmin 1, 2, and 3, but we would just kind of pick at them, mm-hmm. uh, and we didn't get all the way through them. Uh, but right. a couple of months ago, we played Pikmin 1, and that game is really cool, uh, but there, there are certain things that make it extremely stressful. So you're on this... I do remember Pikmin being stressful. Yes, it is. It's very, very stressful. You're, like, on this planet, this this planet that you have no idea what's going on, and you're trying to repair your ship, mm-hmm. but you only have so many days to do it. And so if, when you mess up during a day, it feels really, really bad. Uh, Pikmin 2 kind of removes that with a different structure. You're trying to pay off a debt. Uh... 10,000, I forget yeah. what the currency in the game is, but you're trying to pay off $10,000, essentially. And so you don't have the limit for days. You just keep going until you've paid off the debt. That's, good. That's way nice. Right. And so if you, if you have a bad day, uh, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, it's something like, oh, man, I, I wasted that time. It's like, it's okay. Maybe I'll do better tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really nice. Um, but Pikmin... Two does a couple of things that I think are extremely commendable and super interesting. Uh, and the first that I want to talk about is it has these dungeons that you go into. Um, so in normal Pikmin, uh, as you go throughout your day, you know you only have a certain amount of time until mm-hmm. the day's over. When you're in these caves or these, you can think of them as dungeons. Uh, that timer isn't there. Okay. But what makes them challenging is. The Pikmin you bring in are the Pikmin you've got. Yeah, so if they die, you can't get new ones. Right, and so in normal Pikmin, you, if you get wiped out by a monster or you misread, you misread an attack correctly, you just go get more Pikmin. Mm-hmm. You can carry corpses over uh, to, to get more, and you can't do that here. Um, and I love that. It, it doesn't become a process of time management. It becomes an issue of strategy, where it's yeah. like, okay, like I can't just brute force my way through this mm-hmm. because I don't know how many levels I'm going to have in this dungeon. Uh, so how am I going to deal with this? And it makes for like really intense boss fight moments that yeah. I just absolutely yeah. love. Um, and like you, there are two new types of Pikmin in Pikmin Two. There's white Pikmin and purple Pikmin. Um, and the purple Pikmin are these lovable fatso's that just do a ton of damage. Uh, and the white Pikmin, uh, they, they, there's a bunch of things to them, but they, the white Pikmin can dig up treasure uh, that other Pikmin can't. They can kind of sense it beneath the ground or, or something like that. Um, and so you feel really good when you brought your white Pikmin with you yeah, into the dungeon so you can get uh, that extra treasure. And also, you can have two characters. And so you can... And they expand upon this in Pikmin 3 with three yeah, different people. Yeah, I thought there was like three or four and three. Maybe three, I there's don't know. Th- there's, my understanding, there's three and three. Okay. We're gonna, Pikmin 3 is next that we're going to play all the way through. But just having that extra person and being like, okay, I'm going to have you go over here and replenish Pikmin, and then I'm going to ha- have you over here and knock down this wall or, or carry a corpse over or something. Like, just being able to divide uh, the labor up a little bit is really, really, mm-hmm. really good. Um, and in Pikmin 3, the what I have played of it, 3 felt like a little bit too much for me. Uh, maybe I'm just a big old dummy, but 2 was a good sweet yeah, spot. Yeah, I never played 2. Yeah, two is two is excellent, and I feel like the enemy variety is so much better in Pikmin Two as oh, well. Oh, that's good. Um, there were 
a lot of enemies where it's in Pikmin one where it's like, oh okay, like I I just can I'll I'll get, bring a hundred Pikmin mm-hmm. and I'll throw them super rapidly and I'll bring them down and I'll kill them. Whereas in Pikmin two, it's like, oh you're on balloons and you're throwing bombs that can wipe me out instantly. <laughs> And so I need to bring my yellow Pikmin so I can throw you up high enough to hit the balloons to knock you down. Um, And just you have so many aha moments like that that I love. But the case that I want to make to you guys is uh, I don't think Pikmin gets nearly the love that it deserves. Like I think from a design standpoint, Mm -hmm. I think from like a presentation standpoint, uh, it is so good and it's just kind of written off in a way that I don't understand. And... You know, I'm coming. I'm hot right now on yeah, Pikmin. I just, Pikmin. I just finished it, and I think it's excellent. Um, but I think the world needs to give it a little bit more love. And I don't think amongst the eyes. I know Bloodworth mm-hmm. is very into Pikmin, and I know Ryan Stevens used to be really into Pikmin. Uh, but I haven't, and maybe Kyle, Kyle could maybe, be, yeah, Kyle could maybe. be a, another agent. He probably but, either loves it or hates it for some reason. That's usually yeah, with Kyle. Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. That's fair. Um, but why do you think it is, if, if we're going to buy into my argument here that Pikmin doesn't get enough love, why do you think it is that Pikmin doesn't get the same attention? I think just because um, of the style things. of the gameplay it is, of like a strategy kind of game, mm-hmm. I just don't think it's as like appealing to most people. Like, mm. I like Pikmin, I think it's fine, yeah. but I, I'm not like, I'm never hungry for Pikmin. Mm. You know, like, Pikmin comes out, I'm like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll try it. But I'm never like, I need Pikmin. But do you think it's just because of what you think it is versus like well, your own actual experience? It's my own actual experience. I oh, beat okay. one and I've played a lot of three. Okay. I just I just don't think there are games really for me. At least when okay. I played three, I was like, I, I'm not really into this right what, now. What makes it not for Bradley Ellis? I don't know. Like, I just wasn't into the strategy. Like, I like the Pikmin themselves. Like, I love the rock Pikmin in three. Right. Whew-hoo. Awesome. But it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't really enjoy... It, as much as other people like going sure. around like fighting guys is cool but it, it just it it got old for me yeah and you know by the end of pikmin one i really felt that mm-hmm. um there were there were like some annoying things where it's like okay i have to figure out how to get my pikmin to this very precarious spot and it's like oh i didn't do it exactly in the right way and so they died and so i had to go get more um and i don't think like in pikmin one the enemy variety is quite there mm-hmm. but in pikmin two in terms of like level design the intricacy of the levels um how much the two new Pikmin add, mm-hmm. um, and the enemy variety like made it a much better game. Yeah, for me, I never I played like, two. Whoa, two is really good. I should bring it in. I should let you borrow mm-hmm. it and see what you think. And what else I was surprised at is when you fit, when you pay off the debt, there's this thing that happens that this post game thing, and I was like, whoa, really? Like Ooh, they went that direction? That's cool. That was really really cool. Um, you were talking about strategy and maybe yeah. people feeling intimidated. Um, and I get that a lot of times with mm-hmm. real-time strategy where it's like, okay, I have to send all these different units off to go do these things, and I also have to maintain a base. What I like about Pikmin is maybe kind of entry-level strategy. Yeah. Is it's just like, there's not really a base I have to deal right. with. I'm just going to go explore and, and see what's out there yeah. and maybe fight some enemies. I just don't know if it was the kind of strategy game I was into at the moment in time. Sure. Like I could play it now and maybe like, like it way more, but when I did play it, I was I wanted something like it's totally unfair, but I wanted something like more like Warcraft three yeah. that kind of strategy. But I know it's on a controller, so it's way harder to do. Right. I just think at the time I'd rather play something more like akin to Warcraft three. Sure. XCOM. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which Ian, I actually really like on a controller. Why do you think Pikmin doesn't get as much love as I am claiming that it deserves? And why have you potentially never been drawn to Pikmin? 
Never, I've never played any of them. Yeah, just because I didn't have any of the systems that they were on. Mm-hmm. It like, let's say all of that stuff was just given to you. Do you think you'd be drawn to it? Sure. I mean, like, if a new Pikmin comes out on the Switch, I would look at it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd give it a shot. If it came yeah. back. And Brad, to be to be fair to you, like, it, <laughs> Pikmin is not a new thing, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's taken yeah, me it's a long while. time yeah. to reach this level of like, oh my gosh, this is really, really, mm-hmm. really good. And it's one of those things uh, that I hope for people. And I, I think Animal Crossing kind of went through it. Um, I think New Leaf was a, a huge breakthrough mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Not that Animal Crossing wasn't popular before, but like Fire Emblem Awakening, I think was a breakthrough yeah, in a lot of ways. Sure, yeah. I hope that if a Pikmin does come out on Switch, it is this Where kind of like, uh, whoa, hey, yeah, Pikmin, right? This kind of breakthrough. Yeah, I feel um, like Pikmin's always that kind of kind of like a little fan base, right? But nowhere near the scope of other Nintendo IPs, right? Know? Right. It's just, I feel so good about Pikmin 2 that I'm like, you know, I, I really want a new F-Zero. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really want a new Star Fox, but I also really want a new Isn't Pikmin. Isn't there a new Pikmin supposedly coming? They said well, a while ago? Okay, okay. This makes no sense. Years ago, Miyamoto casually dropped in an interview like, oh yeah, Pikmin 4 is almost done. Yeah. And we haven't heard about it since. Okay. So that makes me believe that they're just trying to figure out timing and, you know, going from something like the Wii U to the Switch. Switch, yeah. There's something happening there. But Could yeah. Could be at E3. I'm Could hoping be. for you. I'm hoping for Shadow you that out. it's there. Yeah, I'd be really excited. I'd be pumped for you. I'd be really excited. And it's one of those things where uh, my girlfriend loved it so much that she was like, oh man, once we finish two, you're not going to want to go right into three. You're going to want to break. Two left such an impression on me that I'm way ready to go Excellent. right into three. That's three and that Wii doesn't U happen one? to me. Yes. Three was on Wii U? Three was on yeah. Wii U. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you can switch between uh, three different people. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Good yeah. stuff. It's really, really good. Uh,. I've got some good news, Brad. Um, the the demons of the frame trap realm. Uh, so what happens is there's there's something that an, a panelist does that gets us caught, and we have to we have to. There are these demons that run this show. And in order to get out, we have to play this little game. And we have to talk about some sponsors. But they've been weird lately. Hmm. Uh, last time in caught in a frame trap, they were. They just really liked Hubert's shirt. They thought it was too powerful. It was a shirt of Bowser. <laughs> too powerful. Um, and <laughs> is this where the shirt comment came from? Of saying I don't wear the shirt that he, ha- the Ganon one. Probably. I don't like, remember. Was, I guess he was complaining about me not wearing the shirt with him. It's like I don't yeah. see you every day, Huber. I wear the shirt. What are you thinking, Huber? You don't say, "Hey, Brad, we wear the shirt. I'm gonna wear my Bowser shirt." You don't say that, Huber. I guess the audience will have to pick a side. Typical Huber making a big deal out of non-situation. Throwing, throwing gasoline, as you would say, on a you would say throwing gasoline on a non-situation. Shades of alien <laughs> isolation. Yeah, but the demons, the demons have been really weird lately, and that things have been tripping them up, or they've just been like doing it for funsies in a way that they, sure. they haven't been before. It's, it's not time. It's not just a word that offends them. It will be something else. And you said the name of a game. That they love, mm. that they have so much respect for. Um, that they're like, oh man, put them in the put them in the demon realm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have any idea what that game could be? Monkey Island, Warcraft Three. Oh, Warcraft Three. Oh, there are the demons in Warcraft Three. The Burning Legion. Yeah. Um, and so for every frame trap, uh, we play a little bit of a game, and you know, jokes and stupid lore aside, it's just a, a good way to break up the "what have you been playing" conversation and have a little bit of fun. And I have a lot of fun coming up with these games, and I get into how to saying this a lot, but I really meant this time. Uh, this is this game is called "What's in a Rating," 
So what I did is I went to the ESRB website, okay. and I looked at uh, descriptions oh. for rating descriptions, like why they were rated a certain way, rating descriptions for games, <laughs> and based on that description, you're going to have to tell me what the game is. Oh, okay. okay. So we've got five descriptions, right. and the person with the most gets the honor of breaking us out of the frame trap realm. Okay. Uh, just a heads up. Some of these descriptions are a little on the crass side. Oh. That is something that bothers you. Um, and also, in the order ESRB's to make... ESRB's own descriptions are crass? Well, they just say what's in the game, and sometimes okay, that okay, can okay. get uh, yeah, yeah. a little juicy. A little, little dicey. Yeah. Um, and also, in, in a couple of instances, I may leave out a word or two just to not make it completely obvious. Sure. So, you know, I may not say something like Mario yeah. in order to, to make it a little... Bayonetta so there's, there's some editing yeah. as well. Uh, but first, before we get on to that, we've got some wonderful sponsors in the show. Uh, this month, we actually have more sponsors than ever, Ooh. which is really cool. Thank so you. thank you for the, your support of the show. Our first sponsor is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering. Ah, Once again, excellent. longest sponsor on Frame Trap. Next sponsor is Dale's son. Hmm. Dale just wanted to support the Allies, but since he has a plug, he's a game developer uh, the month of May. With the month of May off, so he's going to be streaming a bunch. Stop by if you're bored. You can find him if you want to check out uh, Dale's son on twitch.tv slash stuff on a rock. Stuff and, on a rock. Yeah, stuff his, his on user like uh, profile on Patreon, his like picture, his profile picture is uh, Danganronpa. Excellent. Monokuma from Danganronpa. So you know he's a man of taste. Yes. Uh, and that is, that is potentially a huge reason why you may want to see him on there. Next sponsor, we've got Sean and Erica Cleves. Thank you, Sean and Thank Erica. You. After that, we've got Jesse Jesterfer. Uh, that's his name on Twitch. Vitelli. And you can find him on Twitter at Jesse Vitelli. Uh, next. You. What's up? I said thank you. Thanks, yeah. Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Did you skip one? No. No, no, no. Oh, oh no, no, no. I did skip one. Look at Ooh, Eagle Eye. Ooh, saved. Keeping me on my toes. Oh, I did skip a sponsor, and I'm super sorry to Brian Smith. Brian Smith. Say it again Thank as you. an apology. I will say it. You know what? We're all going to say Brian Smith okay. as an apology for my fuck up. Brian <laughs> Smith. Brian Smith. Brian Smith. No, no, no. We got to do it with more respect. So I'm going to go. I didn't know if we were doing it at the same time. I, know, or, I thought, or, gonna I thought we were doing okay. a countdown. It wasn't well explained. I was we're gonna, I'm yeah, going to say too. Brian Smith, and then we're going to have two seconds pass, and then Brad is going to okay. say it, and then we're going to have two seconds pass, okay. and Ian is going to okay. say it. All right. Brian Smith. Brian Smith. Brian Smith. Thank you, Brian Smith. Thank you. <laughs> Our next sponsor, and I'm not going to mess up the name this time, is Michael Favacci. Ooh, ah. nice. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. Uh, Michael, last uh, last time, had us go through, uh, they were, they're doing their own E3 bets. Ooh. And so oh. we, we uh, helped them out with that as well. Now we're moving on to... Uh, a very a different a new thing that we're trying we're moving on to mega sponsors and we've got two mega sponsors uh, who are sponsoring both the Easy Allies podcast and Frame Trap and the first of the sponsors you know them you love them it's Hoglaw 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 and last time I read the Hoglaw description and I am no Brandon Jones so I don't know Mm. if I did the correct honors to it. So I'm actually going to throw it over to Ian oh. and have him. You can compare Ian with me with Brandon Jones, <laughs> and he's going to read okay. the Hoglaw description. Just All read right. it like Brandon. Yeah. Hoglaw, business law firm. Whether you're starting a business at level one, stuck fighting the dreaded fundraising boss, or finally cashing out with a well-earned high score, you need a good business lawyer at your side. 
And now, that good business lawyer has a YouTube channel, with at least one video which Ian Hink has called really well written, and Kyle Bossman has called easily shareable. Check it out at youtube.com slash hoaglaw, H-O-E-G, law. Nice. I think good. that was excellent. That was very good. I think it was excellent. <laughs> Brad, do you want to take uh, a stab a at our up. second mega sponsor? Uh, let's see. It's the one word. Oh. Blue. Thank you, Blue. Thank you, Blue. A very moving read. Yeah, yeah. very moving read. Yeah. Ian, no, I got to give it to you. That uh, that whole Law <laughs> Brand Jones lead is yeah. classic. I think you really did a great job. I got there. I got a little tripped up because I didn't expect myself to, show up. to be in there. <laughs> I was like, yeah, ah! I was hoping you'd chuck a little bit in that. <laughs> yeah. When you're like, and you reading did. the sponsor, I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> you got kind of lost like in. You like, mean this color? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, I, you got lost in the Benmore formatting, Google Doc formatting there. I remember, I, like, I saw you scrolling past a bunch of stuff. I'm like, is he skipping more sponsors? <laughs> watch, watch! I skipped like five yeah, sponsors, like thirty sponsors. No, I'll, I'll go happening? through. No, no, we're good. We're caught okay, up. Okay, we're caught up. Cool. Okay. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Great, <laughs> great. Didn't skip the sponsors. Thank you for supporting the show. All the sponsors. Now we're gonna be moon on the game. Are you guys ready to play? Yes. Yeah. Quick refresher on the rules. Some of these summaries are a little bit long, so prepare for that. Okay. Uh, do not answer until the summary is completely read. I'm bad at enforcing that, but we're going to try here. How will we know when it's done? Can you make a little chime noise? I'll wink. Okay. I'll wink at you. Uh, and if you want to answer, the first one to whisper Hotake and then give an answer mm-hmm. is the one who will right. get to go first. But you know that. You love it. It's time for Cotton and Frame Trap. All right. The first rating <laughs> summary it. is... This is an action game in which players assume the role of androids attempting to save Earth from extraterrestrial machines. Players use swords, spears, lances, and lasers to destroy enemy robots in melee-style combat. Large explosions and realistic gunfire are frequently heard during combat. Some sequences depict blood and additional acts of violence against human-like characters. A man impaled through the chest with a sword, resulting in large large (laughs) blood spatter effects. Character lying in pools of blood after getting stabbed. Some characters wear revealing outfits with partially exposed buttocks. Oh. I I knew it from the first word. (laughs) One male character is depicted nude without genitalia. The words fuck and shit are heard in dialogue. Is it it over? Hotake. I'm a bad winker. Near Automata. You got it. That's a point <laughs> on the board for Ian. Nice. Brad, did you know? At first, I thought he was talking like Mass Effect 3. I was like, what? Because I never played it. And I just remember that CG trailer of like weird robot things. Sure. But then, right? then there was like, no you just gave Brad a male gen- I yeah, did. Yeah. I always do that. I always give him one, and then I always cross off. Yeah. And like, wait, no, they don't both have <laughs> But then when they said I've done no that, like, male genitalia, I was like, four times. He's talking about Nier? Yeah. <laughs> All right. The next one is quite a bit harder, I think. Ooh, okay. For this, for this crowd. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and it's also the longest one. Okay, settle in. This is an open-world tactical shooter in which players assume the role of a member of an elite special ops military unit. Players are tasked with completing missions and military objectives, such as reconnaissance, extraction, and assassinations, mm-hmm. in order to take down a Bolivian drug cartel. Mm. From a third-person perspective, players mostly use stealth attacks and firearms. Some areas allow players to briefly interrogate enemies while holding them at gunpoint. <laughs> Other areas briefly depict enemies beating and interrogating bound prisoners. A few scenes depict mutilated bodies among large pools of blood 
A handful of cutscenes show enemies holding severed heads dripping with blood. The game includes some sexual material. A woman slapping a man in bed while straddling his waist. Both figures are clothed. (laughs) Brief photographic images of a woman's breasts. The game includes several drug references in the storyline, and the use of drugs, a man being forced to sniff several lines of cocaine, various images of marijuana and cocaine are included as well. The words fuck and shit are heard in the dialogue. Oh my god. I I don't know. Go for it. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It was a game that has been released in the last two years. I I have a guess. That helps. That helps a little. Okay. Far Cry 4? No, incorrect. Three? Two? Cartel? <laughs> Brad, it goes to you. Oh, God. Is it... Oh, God, I don't think it's right. How talking it's like uh, some army of two bullshit. It is not some army okay. of two bullshit. Is it Wildlands? Hotake, is it Wildlands? What is the full title? Oh, God. Come on, you know it. Uh, 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 Tom Clancy's... I know it. Damn it! Splinter Cell... No. Uh... God damn it. Wildlands. Hotage? Yeah. Ghost Recon Wildlands? Damn it. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands? <sighs> this is a tough call. Shit. <laughs> this comes down to the judge. Ian, you did a lot of the legwork there. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, you hit it home. For the sake of competition, I'm going to give it to Brad. Oh, oh, it yay. is Ghost Recon Wildlands. Damn it. I, I knew it was that. a splitter cell. I haven't played that. I, never played I forgot it. about that game never existed. Played, yeah. All right. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> this next one is Got much it. shorter. Uh, to maybe get your, your head on right, these are all pretty recent games. Okay. A lot of the older ones didn't have rating summaries. Oh, okay, sure. Okay. So, yeah. All right, you ready for the next one? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is an action game in which players assume the role of a warrior swordsman in pursuit of a villain during feudal Japan. As players traverse villages and ancient castles, they use swords, spears, longbows, and rifles to kill human enemies and demonic creatures in melee style and ranged combat. Some attacks result in large sprays of blood as enemies are decapitated and or dismembered. Some areas also depict large smears of blood on walls and mounds of corpses on a battlefield. Cutscenes depict additional acts of violence, a man impaled through the chest with a crystal shard, a creature stabbed through the head. With a sword. Oh, talking. Brad. Neo. He's got it. Yep. You knew it too? Yeah. Yeah, it's too easy. Yeah, too easy. Too easy. All right. Three easy, five us. Well, how about number four? Uh Uh-oh. Oh, jeez. This is an action-adventure game in which players help a small hero composed of ancient relics protect mankind from an invading goblin army. (laughs) Players use punches, jumping attacks, and various super moves to defeat human soldiers and fantasy creatures. As players progress through the game, the creature can grow in size yeah. to battle larger enemies, <laughs> including tanks, mechanized battlesuits, and attack planes. The somewhat frenetic combat is accompanied by impact sounds and mild explosions. <laughs> oh, okay. Ian. Nack? It's Nack! Bullshit. <laughs> oh, How dare you put that on here? It's Nack! Oh, when did you know? Immediately. Was it Invading Goblin Army? Uh, it was even before that, a small... Artif- composed of artifacts or whatever. So during that description, uh, it was Nack can grow in size. I changed it to the creature can grow in yeah, size. Yeah, yeah, Nack. Good change. Uh, Good change. So it's two and two. Uh-oh. Good Coming mean. down to the last question. Who will have to debase themselves before the demon? Who will come demons? out on top? <laughs> this is an action role-playing game in which players assume the role of a hero who must rebuild the world using the power of creation. 
Players traverse environments, gather and combine raw materials, build structures, and engage in combat against attacking monsters. Players use swords, hammers, and bombs to defeat enemies. Most attacks cause enemies to burst or fall apart on the battlefield before disappearing. One enemy creature, Bloody Hand, is depicted as a hand covered in red slime. The game also contains some suggestive text or dialogue, such as scandalous swimsuit, racy red swimwear for those who like to show some skin, and when night falls, do the two of you retire to the same room to spend some special time together? During the course of the game, players can acquire or craft a beer barrel item. The words damn and hell appear in text slash dialogue. I have no idea what this is, dude. Dragon Quest Builders? Hotake? No. I don't know. Yeah, Dragon Quest Builders isn't... No, it's not that. I was like, this guy, but you don't build and you use other weapons. Like a town? Building a town? Action RPG, building a town. Oh, it's an action RPG. I forgot about that. Do you both give up? Hang on. Hold on. Hold your horses. Hold your, hold okay. your horse. Let's, let's hold the horse. Horse is held. Hold the phone. Yeah. People are probably like... Oh, yeah, oh, they're screaming. It's, it's oh, okay. It's this, you idiots. Red, bloody hand. Sounds kind of familiar. Ian, you're playing games with my heart here. Is it Japanese? It's Japanese Oh, it's title? Japanese. It's gotta be, right? Is it Japanese You just title? need to follow the rules of the show. Oh, Hotake? Dragon Quest Builders? Yes. Oh. I said Hotake Dragon Quest Builders. It, okay. Did right. I not? Did no, I not? Here's, 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 I thought it said Dragon Quest Builders, Hotake Dragon Quest Builders. You did. You did. Oh, but I didn't whisper it. Well, no. It was just the Dragon Quest Builders and then the Hotake and then the Dragon Quest Builders, which threw me off. Oh, yeah. Play you, by the rules You can you give win. it to Brad. You can give it to Brad. I don't know, man. I feel like I jerked you over before. Hey, I would love to not have to do some crazy thing. You know what? <laughs> We're gonna the best breaking out of the cotton frame trap, and this is just a lesson to follow the rules. Is when it's the two of them together, and so oh, I'm gonna give a point okay. to both of you. Oh, <laughs> and oh. you'll have to collectively break out of the frame trap. Okay. We've had some really good ones, and so you need to combine your efforts to do a word, a phrase, or preferably a crazy action that oh, potentially causes harm to you or Let's others. Let's do fusion. We've done fusion before. Like Who did that? Me and Huber. I don't remember who did it, but it's been done before. We can't do fusion again. You gotta get oh. more creative. More creative than fusion? We yes. could do we could do the Steven Universe style of fusion. I don't know what that is. They like dance. Nope. <laughs> Dancing I'm way on board with. Uh. Hmm. <laughs> Dual attack. Dual attack. Dude, let's do cross slash. How's that go? We'll yeah, just, you gotta give you gotta have we'll Ian in there so too. Like, We'll do it in front of the camera, so Ian will be on one side, not run in front of you, and you go like that. Okay. But we'll do it near the camera more. Okay. We we've got some 4D breaking out of a frame trap here. All right, that's gonna be our show. Uh, thanks for watching. No, I like that. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Good I'm stuff. the frog. I don't know if anything will ever beat the father son Kamehameha attack. Yeah. Oh, that's what me and Huber did, right? Uh, was it you and Huber? I think I thought Kyle was involved in that. I don't know. I have a terrible memory. Uh, but what I don't have in my life right now is Bradley Ellis talking about Hyperlight Drifter. Oh, yes. Hyperlight Drifter. Hyperlight Drifter. Brad, this is a game I've been meaning to beat forever. And yeah, that's why I was like, oh, I should play this finally. Yeah. Um, so now that you've actually finished the thing, uh, people say Hyperlight Drifter is very hard. Uh, Souls-like in some ways. Sure. What are your What are your final opinions? Uh, on it? Challenging at certain moments. Uh, 
I would say it's a, it's a good difficulty. I died, definitely. Mm-hmm. I died at a lot of knowing parts, like weird trap. Pulling Damiani here, bad hit detection on traps. Really? Like, walls coming out, like smashing, and me being on the side of the wall and kind of getting like sucked into the side of the wall and dying. So that sucks. I, t- I tested it like three times just to make sure, too. Sure. I sure, sure, that. sure. Uh, combat was pretty tough. The last boss I down like couple, like probably like five times. So like a, a good amount. Where I was like, oh, that was a good challenge. I had to actually think. Yeah. On some of the fights. So yeah, pretty good difficulty. Cool. Uh, since I've been away from it so long. Yes. And I have so many games to play. Mm-hmm. Is it good enough that you would say throw that all aside and play some mm, hyperlight? It depends what you're playing. I wouldn't say throw everything aside, but I think it's a very good game. That's mm-hmm. enjoyable. It's not too long either. It probably took me around like six hours to beat it, okay. something like that. It's a very like Zelda esque like top down kind of adventure game, going through areas, right? With more kind of like quickie in depth combat. You could get like special moves. You can do you get you get guns during it that you can use like multiple guns. I got like a pistol, and you get like a shotgun and like a laser kind of thing. You get upgrades like a dash strike like that a uh, lot of variety in the enemies which is really cool like every area had like different types of enemies which i liked mm-hmm. and every area kind of had like context of why it's there one thing about this game that's interesting there's like no text there's no text from like anybody like how all the stories told you is just through like pictures and visions like i don't i don't know what the hell the story's about really i played it once he's it feels like a sick game and he's going to get a heal yeah i know he was sick but I didn't know, and I, the world's kind of destroyed, and that's all I could really figure out just from playing it the one time. I mean, I didn't explore every inch of the game. Yeah. But that's what I kind of pieced together. Yeah. Uh, pretty fun to explore. So basically, everything, how it goes down, Ben, is there's four sections in the game. You go to one side, and it's like a certain area. Mm-hmm. So, example, one of them was like a forest, one was like a water area, one was a mountain, one was a desert kind of thing. And within these areas, you have to find certain, like a certain, like power up item to open a door. So there, you usually have to collect four to open a door to get to the boss, which opens up like four pillars in the middle of the game to get to the last boss. Sure. So it's fun going through these areas. It's really easy to overlook things. Like a lot of stuff's really hidden in this game, and you kind of have to backtrack. Or like, I mean, it's designed around backtracking, which is fine. But you have to be super observant of your locales to find these kind of things. Which I did have fun doing. I kind of got sick of looking for these pieces every single time. Sure. I think it would have been cool if it was maybe like one or two times, but every single time you do that, which is, it's fine, but I just kind of got a little sick of it. Yeah. But I think it was an enjoyable time, and I'm really glad I played it. Cool. Uh, Really cool music, too, by the way. Really interesting vibe. Very, like, post-apocalyptic. Like, I hate that setting, but I think it worked really well in this game. I think they did a good job with that. Disaster piece, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. I think you're absolutely piece. correct. Yes. Also, excellent work on Fez. Um, Brad, my, yes. based on my time with uh, Hyperly Drifter, something that stuck out to me is they there were definitely like implications about the world yes. and the characters and the people living inside of them. Uh, and I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And you said that you kind of finished it, and you're like, I don't really have a good sense of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I was like following a dog through the game, and I was like, <laughs> what is this? Do you think it was presented in such a way that you want to find out more? Um, kind of. I mean, at this time in my life, I have so much stuff I have to do. Maybe right. if I had a little more time, I would invest more into it because there is interesting things to see in that world. But the, this time, I was like, okay, I kind of got to move on. Sure, you it felt- wasn't like it wasn't important enough for me to like make time to figure more out about it. But you had a good enough time. I had a good time. You played it. Yes, exactly. Cool. Uh, Ian, I remember 
back in the GT days before Hyperlight Drifter uh, came out, you and I had conversations about it, about how cool it looked and how excited we were. Yeah. Um, did you play it after it came out? Did you yeah. finish it? I, I haven't finished it. I've played one or two of the worlds. Um, I'm friends with the people who made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's that. But uh, yeah, it's one of those games, again, like that I've always intended to go back and finish, and I just haven't yet. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. The combat was really good. I mm-hmm. didn't love the dashing. I remember that's what kind of... There is like a weird... So you get you can upgrade this dash pin to be able to dash like multiple times really quickly. Yeah. Right. And the timing feels the, really the weird. timing was very weird. Like there was... I remember a mini game yes, there, where you could try to like dash as many times as you want and the timing just like didn't make didn't, sense to it, me. It didn't make sense to me either. I'm and, glad you said that. And, and okay, like, I want to I wanna dig into this a little bit because... Timing for a dash being weird, like what what could make that weird? Was there like a delay? It felt like it's so. It felt like the there's like a rhythm to it, yeah. but it felt like the rhythm was changing every time. I think I was it doing speeds it. up. Oh. I think the rhythm like speeds yeah, up. Yeah, I couldn't like I couldn't really nail it down. I could I never see. nail it down. Okay, that's interesting. So I, it's a, like kind of this this inconsistency. That's what it felt like, or or just because it changes, it's hard to get down well, any of the times. And in a game without words, where they can't tell you that that's what's happening, mm-hmm. and like I think there's probably, I'm sure there's a way that they're indicating it, but like I can't remember if it was sound well, or visual get it or what. From the shop, and it says like push X then X again. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, all you get yeah. kind of for it in like a direction, which right. is fine in the room next to it when you get it where you can test it out. Mm-hmm. But I, I remember there was a, a puzzle later. Or I had to dash across pits or, like, to not get smushed by these things. Yeah, there's, like, a part where there's a floor you have to dash across because it falls down really quickly. So you have to dash and across And I remember it. there were things coming out of the walls mm-hmm. to smash me. And I just got really annoyed. Yeah, it didn't feel, like, really that great. Mm. Like, I felt like it, I should have been more in control, but I didn't feel that in control. I was like, I hope I get it this time, kind of thing like that. Yeah. And um, I didn't like that. And, like, to me, the to me, the cardinal sin of a video game, especially a puzzle a puzzle game, is... I know what I have to do. It's just annoying to do it. And that felt like that, where I was like, the timing of this dash is really weird, and I don't know why I can't get through this puzzle. Um, which, again, like, isn't like a deal breaker. It's just like what made me put it down at that time, and I just haven't gone back yet, but I intend to. I think what's created a break for me, and I really did always mean to get back to it, um, is sort of along the same lines, but maybe slightly different, where it wasn't that I didn't know what I needed to do. It was that I knew what I needed to do, and I would kind of get, like, crushed on a room. Mm-hmm. And it would take me several times to get through it. And be like, oh, oh, okay. And then I did it. And then it would get to another room. And it would be like, oh, man, I'm getting crushed again. And so it just, like, kind of wore me down, I think, yeah. a little bit as a player. And obviously, there's certainly some get good aspect to that. Oh, yeah. But I think, I think anytime you have a game like that, where it's just, like, so many steps of it are a struggle until you properly learn it, mm-hmm. you need to create a little bit of a break for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad, did you find that, or was was it uh, pretty so easy for you to get through? Uh, I mean, I think it had, like, a nice progression of, like, difficulty in that sense. Yeah. Like, the beginning area was pretty damn easy, except for, like, some traps that I thought were kind of cheesy. Yeah. Like, for example, there's... There's like spike traps in it, and you can clearly see where they are. But when you go over it, they actually come out on the side of it, like further than the indicator of the mark. So I died just because it came out further than it was actually showing me. It's oh. like, oh, that's, that kind of sucks. Like, I get it now, but I wish I knew. Like, what's the point of having a grid there where I could clearly see where it would come out, but it doesn't, it comes out from further spots than that? Sure. Just a weird kind of thing I was 
questioning like why they would do that yeah some some poor communication yeah um but yeah the combat i think definitely ramps up and gets i think it gets better because you get more tools to your combat you get like the grenade you get the dash attack which adds a lot more variety which i think is really good brad anytime you have an action game and you say hey it keeps evolving over time it it gets better better and more interesting like that's a huge sell for me personally like you get abilities like you can hit back their attacks like project a lot of guys have projectiles in this you just hit them back like, it's really cool. Some dude, like, shoots a rocket at you, and you, like, cut it, and it gets cut in half. It looks really rad. Yes. Nice. It's yeah. very cool, game. Yeah, it looks really great. That was a huge thing for me with Pikmin 2, where it was like, oh, I am countering totally new challenges right mm-hmm. until the very end. Yeah, I think that's it's extremely important. All right. Uh, so, last time on Frame Trap, I talked about the demo of this game and how much I liked it, but now it's fully out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Ian, I got to tell you, uh, I was attributing... Brandon as being the one who was obsessed with monster pixel junk monsters, but I think it was you. People were saying that you really loved the first pixel junk monster. I played it with my roommate Joe like an insane amount in Chicago. Yeah. And was it just like why was it such a good game to play an insane amount of with a friend? Uh, I don't know. It's just really delightful, kind of like challenging enough that the first one, it was challenging enough, but also kind of just like turn your brain off enough that it was just the perfect game to like chill with your friend and play yeah. together. I haven't tried to uh, co-op yet, uh, and there's online multiplayer too. I'm pretty sure. What? But yeah. What you said is a big part of the appeal for something like a Call of Duty for me, mm. where you just kind of like there's there's enough to think about and enough pressure that it's at least somewhat engaging, but you can also turn off your mind and just kind of sit there and veg out. Yeah. I love that when you get into that specific zone yeah. uh, with a video game. Uh, with Pixel Jump Monsters 2, I'm really loving it, but I have no experience with Pixel Jump Monsters, and a complaint that I saw in a review is that it doesn't have enough new ideas. Do you find that to be the case or a problem for uh, you with Pixel Jump Monsters 2? Compared to Pixel Jump Monsters 1 or just in general? Just from the having played so much one going into Pixel Jump Monsters two, is it is it fresh for you? I mean, it seems it seems like kind of more of the same. Uh, I don't remember the specific towers in one, but I remember I think there were ice towers that slow guys down. I think there were, you know, similar towers. Mm-hmm. It feels very much similar. It has a different look. Yeah, I think that uh, look is great. The look is very cute. Oh, it's so charming. Like a kind of tilt shift, sort of miniaturized. Everything has like a clay or to- wood Ooh. kind of feel to it. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, this one seems a little harder than one. But More maybe, immediately difficult? Yeah. Uh, but maybe I'm just misremembering. And also, like, I played one almost exclusively co-op, and I haven't tried co-op here, so there's that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I- I'm enjoying it. I mean, to me, it's like I don't love tower defense games in general except for Pixel Junk Monsters for whatever reason. Uh, so... Yeah, it's kind of like more of the same isn't really a bad thing to me. Um, I kind of touched on this last time, but I want to see if you agree. A big thing for me with Pixel Jump Monsters 2 that, and why I said I didn't like tower defense games in the past is I didn't like it where you just sort of be like, okay, this is how I'm going to kill everything. And then you just sat back Watch, and watched yeah. it. It was very passive. What I love about Pixel Junk Monsters is how active it is, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, I got to go and I got to disassemble this thing. And then I got to get these coins. And I got to be over here and I got to bid flowers over here. Um, and oh, they're going this path now and I got to go deal with that. And yeah. so, like, it's just kind of frantic, uh, which is what I love about that. Uh, is the the is that a big part of the appeal for you? And do you think the franticness is ever a problem? Uh, sometimes it's like real intense. Uh, 
And there are times, maybe I should be disassembling more now that you say that, because I've only done it a couple of times. Because um, I've always been kind of like, I want to set up my thing and then let it go. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not I like the activeness, but like I like the strategy of like, okay, this is my tower work here, you know, and that's what it is. Um, but yeah, there have been times where I've like run out of resources and there are guys coming in at the chibis and I'm just like, oh no, you know, it gets really intense. So yeah, it's less relaxing than I remember one being. Uh, one, I remember getting hard way later, but yeah, I don't the, know. This is kind of a shitty thing to complain about, but I've been running into early on with Pixel Junk Monsters 2, and I don't think it's a fault of the game, I think it's a fault of me, but, so when you kill enemies, they'll drop coins and gems that you can pick up to upgrade your stuff, and the, the coins disappear, and there have been multiple moments where I'm like, oh, come on, man, I was just, just trying to deal with this crisis over here, keep yeah. the coins around for me. Um, and so that's that's been a little frustrating, but definitely not a, not a huge deal. definitely keeps the pressure on. And like also, I was talking about this with Brandon. Like, you definitely have to be aware of where you're killing things because mm-hmm. if you kill something over water or a chasm, that's gone. The coins are gone. That's actually um, even true. Like, kind of among trees, because yeah. you'd be harder to see things. Hard to see them. Um, or like if they just roll, because there's physics on them. So like if a coin lands uphill, it's gonna like bounce mm. down the hill. Yeah. And it just takes longer to get it. But you can the opposite is also true. Like you can intentionally do that where you have like gutters that'll bring the coins to you. Like it's not nothing better than when you killed a bunch of things. All the coins have come downhill. You were over here doing something. And you just come in and just scoop them all up. You know. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting game. I want to try the the co-op, but yeah, it's cute and fun. And simple. Um, yeah. Brad. Yes. If Huber called you up at 12.59 a.m. and said, Brad, play co-op Pixel Junk Monsters with me. It's $15. Get in here. I need your help. Would you do it? Depends what I'm doing. Let's say you are uh, you are cutting up meat for tomorrow's meal. No. Sorry, Huber. <laughs> so the if meat I is have, more important. If I have nothing to do and I'm totally free, sure. Okay. Does is Pixel Junk Monsters 2 inherently appealing to you? Uh I've I don't have a ton of experience with Pixel Junk. I played a little with Mike when it came out, the first one, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh I have interest in playing it. I don't know when I'll be able to get to it, but I would like to try it. In as somebody who played an insane amount of Pixel Junk Monsters 1, um, do you find yourself like kind of chomping at the bit to play Pixel Monsters 2? Is this something that you're gonna be picking away at over a long period of time? Or do you think it's something that you could potentially drop and lose um, interest in? Maybe I could see myself dropping it eventually if it just gets like I could see it hitting me hitting a wall like a difficulty wall because I don't think I'm like overly great at it. Um, you know, like I think that playing it with my friend Joe pushed me forward a lot in Pixel yeah. Junk Monsters One and like that kind of co-op mm-hmm. vibe. And since I don't have that currently, uh, I I could see that. I could see myself burning out on it a little. Um, but that said, it's a great game for like, oh, I'm on the airplane. I've got some time to kill. Might as well scoop it up. Like, Ian. Yeah. I'm so mad. Why? Because I realized that you're playing it on Switch and I'm playing it on PS4. Playing on Switch. Because I was like, hey, man, let's do this. Let's yeah. do this together. Can't do it. Yeah. Switch, baby. It's a perfect Switch game. It's a perfect Switch game. Of course, I kind of tend to... Lately, if I've had, if I have the choice, I'll play it on Switch. I'm doing a shitty thing, and it's super shitty, and I shouldn't do it. Where like trophies are mattering to me more than they should, and if I have an option, 
I pick it on PlayStation because I want the trophies. Ben, and that's you, dumb. Are you that's saying super you buy dumb. a game on a certain platform because it has trophies? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Maybe if Nintendo did that. Yes, Brad. I'm See, saying I'm a sucker. Trophies have never mattered to me at all, so like... Exactly. I don't know what it is. They didn't used to... Like, I really yeah. cared about achievements, and then I didn't care about achievements or trophies, and now I just care about trophies. Ben. And I think... <laughs> you know what? Honestly... I think it's because that trophy sound is so damn good. Yeah. When I hear the blink, it makes me but happy. It's just little shots of dopamine constantly. You know, and I'm I'm gonna be 29 soon, and as you get older, <laughs> I think you get more. <laughs> the, the simple things, man. Yeah, man. I just want to hear the blink. I love the blink. I love the blink. I love the blink. You get achievement on Xbox. Like, bloop, bloop. It's like making yeah, making your ringtone. And now. And Xbox, they'll let you know. They'll give you a little fucking jam, and they'll be like, "Ooh, this one's rare. Don't you yeah. feel good?" And I do. Yeah. I do feel good. Yeah. Yeah. Get on Platinum and Bloodborne felt good. Get on yeah. that Nintendo. Uh, we do we do patron D and D IDM for people, and one of the guys was like, "Hey, I platinumed uh, God of War, and it's not that hard." And I was like, "Oh, really? <laughs> yeah." <laughs> I, looked, oh, really? I looked at it for yeah. God of War. I looked yeah. at it. The one thing I didn't want to do is go back and try to find all the birds. Sure. Because I killed like half or more than half, and I was like, "Oh God." Yeah, that's the thing I'm not looking forward to the most. But I also don't think it'd be that hard to go and get all no, the birds. Yeah. I don't know. No. Just time consuming. Wear headphones. Yeah, it's, it's time consuming. Yeah. Um. But what I love about it is, like, I play God of War, I loved it. I said to myself, like, oh, I'll go and do that stuff that I didn't do. But when you have just that little bit of an extra incentive mm-hmm. to go get those trophies, as yeah. shallow and dumb as it might be, I think it's cool. I think me it's too. nice to have a, a little bit of an extra push. It adds push. longevity. To me, yes. it's a good benchmark of, like, okay, have I seen and done most of the stuff in this game? Sure. Right. Like, it's a good way of keeping track more than anything for me. I'm glad that you brought that up, Ian, because for me, chasing after achievements or trophies comes down to two things. Either pure love or like, oh, well, I already did 70% of right. it. Yeah. It's like, I'm almost sure. there. Might as well do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I basically already platinum this thing. All I have to do is beat Yarnum. Um, there's one last thing I want to talk about, and because I haven't finished it yet, I, I kind of want to save a longer spiel okay. uh, for a later frame trap, but I'm going to get into it for just a couple of minutes here. Um, so I've been playing Pokemon Sun. I've been f- trying to finish up Pokemon <laughs> Sun. I started this when it came out, and I didn't finish it. That's the newest one. Uh, well, Ultra Sun, well, Ultra they, Moon, they are technically, re-released but yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we're in the. It's part of the most recent generation. I Pokemon. still don't understand how they're a lot, like how they get away with that. <laughs> like it, it's already it, two games when it comes out, and then a year later you release the same two games again, just with like more stuff. Yes. I mean, a lot of games, especially recently, have been coming out with just like, hey, it's the same thing with more stuff. Uh, but like Game of the Year edition or whatever. It's because it's Pokemon, because it's reached this certain level. But it's also because, and the thing that I want to comment on today is, Pokemon fits all of the spots for me. And it is right now. Um, and what I mean by that is sometimes I'll be like really worn out by the day or something really stressful will happen. And I can turn on Pokemon and it's just fun going through the grass, catching something, beating people, and having it not be that hard. Yeah. But then there are other times where I feel like I have more energy, and I feel like I want to dig a little bit deeper, and I'll be like, I'm catching every Pokemon in this area. Okay, pull out the book. When do I get them? Where are they? Um, and I think the flexibility of it has, has been why it's really captivated me in this moment. The reason I actually picked Sun back up is because I'm excited about uh, Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee coming out on Switch. Just the idea of Pokemon on Switch is really appealing to me. Um, But my problem with Pokemon, I really tried to get back into it with uh, 
X and Y, I really try to get back into it with Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire. And then again with Sun and Moon is just that like, I'm usually not responsible for covering Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And so I get distracted by other things and I leave it unfinished. But this time I'm committing to it. And I think what's really helping me is, and why I was able to complete the Pokemon Pokedex in generation one is because I had people to talk about it with and share experiences with and battle and trade with. And I think that's actually a huge part of it. Like, Pokemon is still great when I'm playing it by myself. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, you shouldn't play Pokemon alone. But for me, and maybe for you too, playing Pokemon with other people is like, it just enhances the experience on every level. Yes. And so something that uh, I've been a part of and a bunch of people on the Easy Allies Discord have done it was an idea that i had and they full credit to them they really took it and ran with it is we started this little pokemon book club Mm, um and so what we did we didn't actually pick pokemon sun and moon we picked pokemon crystal and what we're doing is we all have a goal every week and it's like for this week it's like get to the first gym and then talk about your experience i think we're gonna make it a little bit more taxing uh for the next one but you know relatively bite-sized goals every week and so if you want to play Pokemon, if you want to revisit it, uh, go ahead and do it. The reason we picked Pokemon Crystal is a lot of people have experience with it and everybody can get it on 3DS. Mm. And so if you want to get in on the Pokemon train, and it's been super fun for me because I've just been popping in there talking about Pokemon mm-hmm. and, and hyping it up and loving it and sharing, you know, favorites and least favorites and all that kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to put a link to the Easy Allies Discord in there. And if you want to play Pokemon Crystal with us, uh, go ahead. Don't worry that you're not in there at the beginning. Like, this is totally just a thing that's for fun. Yeah. And so you can be behind. No one's going to judge you or or care or anything like that. And so I'll put a link to the Discord. And if you want to play Pokemon with us, that's what most of the huge reason why I'm in there is because I want to talk about Pokemon. But you talk about other things as well. You talk about video games or anime or whatever it is. Um, It's just a cool place to go (laughs) and hang out with people. Um, And so if you want to be a part of it, you can. Put a link in the description. Video games, anime, whatever. Yeah. The only two things, really, that to talk about. Movies, the only two things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when you go home and you meet with your family, you don't say, like, hey, what do you think of the last... That's about it. Yeah. It's just anime. Yeah, just mostly anime. Mostly, I've like, never met somebody. Actress. What's up? Huh? Perfect Blue, a lot of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but apparently a classic. It's pretty depressing. You know why I haven't seen it is because I can't find a copy of it anywhere. Ooh. It's like you go on eBay and they're like charging through the newest prices. For I had Purple it. Blue. I used yeah. to have it. Yeah, not anymore. It's crazy. Like when I was getting to know my relatives, they would all come at me with a different anime that yeah. they loved, a different favorite anime. I've never met somebody in real life who doesn't watch anime. It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. I'm not convinced they exist. They don't. They don't exist. Yeah, I think everybody's watching anime. Everybody watches anime. Every single person alive. Mm-hmm. But you know what we're going to do? Answer emails? Right this second. No, Brad. Oh. Brad, you're getting far ahead of the curve. How far is the curve? We got to be curving around the corner. A it's the Hotake oh, Curve! Yeah. Huh. How could you forget? Oh, I haven't been on this show for like two, a month. Has it been that long? Probably. I was on the last two because I was like on three in a row before. Do you know how you succeed in life? Mentally, you're on frame trap every day, baby. Oh. I kind of am. <laughs> kind of am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear. When you. you're friends with Ben Moore and Huber, you kind of you're kind of on frame trap every day. day. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll talk all day long. I think that is both accurate and kind of cool and like slightly depressing. I'm hearing hot takes all the time. Yeah. My whole life is frame yeah. trap. Yeah. <clears throat> My whole life is frame trap in a lot of ways. Uh, so we're, this is the the uh, frame trap before E3, Ooh. and so we're legally obligated. 
uh, by Hogue Law and the powers that be. No, I'm just kidding. We're not <laughs> legally obligated by Hogue Law, but we're, we're legally obligated to make it about E3. Because E3 is super fucking exciting. Yeah, man. And I don't care. I want to talk Ooh. about E3. Yeah. I want to do stuff with E3. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to build something that I have dubbed the Hyped Tower. Okay. Okay. I've got a list of games here with the write-ins from uh, Ian and Brad that they gave me before the show. I think we've got a list of 30 games. Uh, and what we're going to do is we're going to divide them up. And we're going to have different... Uh, tiers essentially so we're gonna it's gonna get smaller and smaller as it goes on so at the bottom we're gonna have 15 okay um and then past that we're gonna have eight and then we're gonna have four and then we're going to have three okay and so uh the way that we're gonna divide these floors up of the tower is that's 30, right? So I'm 15, like trying to do the math. 8, like, 23, 11, 27, 15, 30. Yeah. Yes, that's 30. We can do very basic math. Thank you, <laughs> loyal viewers. Thank you for being a patron. The bottom floor <laughs> is going to be the games that we're not saying are going to be bad, but based on the information that we have right now and based on what the games are, they're not making a splash at E3. Okay. But they're they make be a for, foundation of hype. They're going to make a foundation. They need to be there. Everybody's, they're up other everybody's in Hype Tower. Right. Everybody's in Hype Tower. There's just yeah. multiple it's, floors. It's an, honor to be, it's an honor to be here, <laughs> yeah. but you're, you just know... Just happy to be here. You're in the back. These are What I mean by this is these are the games that we're absolutely not going to be talking about uh, once the show is over, these are not the the trailers or the experiences okay. that we're going to remember. Gotcha. Or, and what I mean by Brutal. that is that's that's amongst us three. Mm-hmm. Okay. It could be different. For, your hype tower could be different than our hype tower. Huber's hype tower, where all of them is just the top floor. Yeah, Huber's hype tower is it's like just one. the Tower of Babylon. Yeah. You know? It's just a bunch of empty floors and then like 700 things on the top yeah. floor yeah. crammed together. And they're all like, how did we get here? Next floor... We predict mixed results. For some people, it's going to be a really big deal. Uh, for others, it's not going. It's going to be. It might as well be on the bottom floor. Yeah, yeah. So some splash, but a minor one. Your your devil may cry fours. Your devil may cry fives. Whatever. Yeah. Watch your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, past that, these are the games that are in a really good spot where they where they'll be a big deal to pretty much everybody. People are going to be happy about them. Uh, but what's different between this and the top floor is there aren't going to be that many people that love them to the core, you know, uh, mm-hmm. where But wait, is this are we thinking of everyone or just the three of us? We're thinking of just the three of us, but I'm trying to generally describe it and then apply that to you. Okay, okay. Um, where you think it's going to be a big deal and you're going to feel good about it, but you're not going to shed tears over it. The final, the top, the kings and queens and princes of the Hype Tower are your Shenmue 3s, where you hypothetically... Your own Shenmue Your own yeah, Shenmue yeah. 3s, where you For me, Shenmue 3, yeah. I'm talking about the games that at least give you like a huge, giant smile that you're screaming about. It's the you- Shadows Die Twice floor. That might be a game that <laughs> might be in there. Spoiler alert! Now, the thing is, the games that we added, I knew that we added Shadows Die Twice, and then what were the other two that I don't have on my list? Why don't you add Dragon Quest Eleven on there? Dragon Quest Eleven is already on you there. You got okay. Ghost of yeah, Tsushima? Yeah. Yes, yes, I got Ghost got of Tsushima, but there were three that we said before the show that I can't oh, remember. I don't remember. I thought you wrote them but down. But that was a long time ago, I man. thought I wrote them down, too. Yeah, now I don't know. Uh, Alright, well, maybe we'll go through the we'll list that I have. It. We'll think about them. And then anything... Obviously, Cyberpunk! I actually don't have Cyberpunk on there. Slap it on the loose. I don't know why that isn't on there. There's going to be some embarrassing things that I yeah, didn't yeah. include. Because we are but humans. We are but humans. But Cyberpunk should totally be on there, and this yes. is nonsense. 
but there are things that I didn't include. Like I didn't include Shenmue three because they're like, hey, we're delaying this. Right. There were there were certain things that I didn't include for reasons. Red Dead Redemption two on there. Red Dead Redemption two is not on there. How is it not on there? I looked on an IGN list, and so I'm gonna blame IGN. Well, because like they're they're like we squirrely about E three. Sometimes <laughs> they're there, sometimes they're not there. Yeah, like, no, Red Dead Redemption two absolutely has to be on there. Yes. Um, but I also tried to think of us with this list too, and so things that. I didn't think would generate a lot of conversation or wouldn't, wouldn't even have a lot of animosity. I didn't include. Yeah. But like Spider-Man has to be on there, right? And Spider-Man isn't. No, Spider-Man is on there. Okay, let's read, read, read the list and any glaring omissions we'll include. Yes. Sure. Okay. Devil May Cry 5. Are we putting them on floor? No, no, no. I'm oh, just okay. saying what they are. Oh, you're just reading. Okay. Pokemon, let's go Eevee and Pikachu. And so some of these things have that- not been officially announced, but the rumors are strong enough that I Does include that them on the list. Does that count one game or two? One game. Okay. Just one game. Metroid Prime 4, Days Gone, Crackdown 3, Battlefield 5, Anthem, Death Stranding, Beyond Good and Evil 2, Fire Emblem Switch, Shin Megami Tensei 5, Ghosts of Tsushima, Kingdom Hearts 3, The Last of Us Part 2, Rage 2, Spider-Man, Super Smash Bros., Dragon Quest Eleven. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Gears of War V, Metro Exodus, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Octopath Traveler, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Splinter Cell, Halo, The Division 2, Shadows Die Twice, Cyberpunk, Red Dead Redemption 2, Cyberpunk 2077, Red Dead Redemption 2. I can never remember what year it is. Um... You can go ahead and just put Shadows Die twice in the top four. Yeah, just slap uh, that. Were there any the glaring top. omissions? Anything that we didn't include? I can't think. Yeah, of that. Um, like right I didn't now. include Borderlands three because they said like, hey, yeah, we're not, that's not gonna be there. Also, we'll like that. whatever. <laughs> so do we want to decide that? Do we want to go top to bottom or bottom to the just, top? I think we should just go whenever we feel like. Okay, so you're saying Shadows? I say go down the maybe go down the list and we'll try to put them on a floor. Okay. Okay. So here's another thing, another wrinkle that I want to throw into this hype tower. Um, and Final Fantasy VII Remake is a good example. We're like, I'm not convinced we're going to see anything from Final Fantasy right, VII Remake, which would automatically put it on the bottom floor, even though if we did, it might be at the top. Yeah. But oh, based on... Be, it'd be at the top for me, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But based on the current information yeah, that we I have... Yeah, I seeing it. I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is at it's the bottom. It's in the building. Okay. It's in a different town. So I'm going to put... I'm going to make three columns here, and at the top, we've got Shadows Die Twice. And I think we all feel very yeah. good about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slap that puppy right up. Okay. It's like it's like standing on the roof. <laughs> and then we've got the second, third, and fourth floors. I'm gonna put Final Fantasy VII Remake on the fourth floor, the bottom. Just because it won't be because there. Because we don't. I, I don't think it's gonna be there. It will not be there. Sure. Okay. If we knew it was gonna be there, though, it'd yes, be higher, I would right? make it a huge case for that to be on the top. All right. Um, I'm gonna put. Rage 2 on the third floor. Not quite the bottom, but I'm going to put it on the third floor because I think they're going to show a lot of it, and I think it's going to be generally exciting and generally interesting, but I don't know if it's going to blow a huge number Mm, of people away. I will go with third floor also. I think that's an appropriate position. Do you think third or fourth? I'd say fourth, but you can put it on third. Okay. Now keep in <laughs> mind, we've only got eight spots. I know. That's why I would say fourth. Well, okay. if it gets we can crowded, move things we can around. Move them around. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, but there are other things that we've got to put on the fourth floor, and there's one that jumps out to me. Uh, it's not that I can don't. You, can we put this like over here in the? Middle? Yes, absolutely, we can. Yeah. Um, so this, we'll try to get as much of this list in as possible. 
I'm like, I have no problem with it, and I'll probably play the sequel, but I'm not super hot on the Division Two. And I don't think yeah. you guys put are. Put on the fourth floor. Okay. Yeah. Days Division Gone two. in the basement yeah. too. You want to put Days Gone in the basement, Brad? I think mm, Days no. Gone is going to surprise people. I want to put on the third floor. All right, third floor, sure. Days Gone for the third floor. We got six spots left. Um. I want to make an argument for putting Devil May Cry 5 on the top floor. The top? Hmm. It's funny because I see how excited you guys are, and the, I'm like lukewarm. On Ben Moore's top floor, Devil May Cry 5 is there. It's on Ben Moore's top floor. Uh, it's close to the top floor for me. I don't know if it's top floor for me. Let's put it on the floor, top floor for now. Sure. Let's put it there for now. I can totally see k being uh, there. A thing that I'm realizing is that... Uh, we didn't. We didn't add the other numbers to the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So keep. We'll we'll keep we'll keep making your own list. We'll just do our best. So yeah. it's really thirty three, not thirty. No, I think it's thirty because we had twenty seven before, and then we added Shadows Die Twice, Cyberpunk, and Red Dead Redemption Two. So we're exactly at thirty. Okay. So this is correct. Okay. Yes, this is correct. Okay. Yes, because fifteen and fifteen. All right. So we're not ready to put Devil May Cry Five on the top floor yet. I think you can hold it there. Let me make an argument for it, okay? Okay. Uh, except for Devil May Cry 2, mm-hmm. Devil May Cry 1, Devil May Cry 3, and Devil May Cry 4 are all deeply beloved games, like kind yes. of pioneers and really, like, just when you think of character action games, you think of Devil May Cry. That's how influential they are. Mm-hmm. It's been since 2008 since Devil May Cry 4. So it coming out 10 years later in 2018, even if you don't care, you don't think it's that cool like generally in a huge sense it coming back in a big way uh from capcom in the classic devil may cry 5 style is huge like that's gonna make waves what's the third one then on the metroid prime 4 on the top i don't know i'm just i'm just making a case for it we're not i'm not gonna put it there yet because i think there are other ones let's keep it like could be a resident there yeah i'm putting it between the top floor and the second floor all right i'm thinking the easiest thing might be to try to throw in the the basement yeah, I'm thinking that too. Um, I think amongst this group, even though it's probably third floor for me, I think amongst this group, Gears of War Five is fourth floor. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, unless or I Gears see of something. War 5, unless sorry. I see something that like really like blows me away with it. Yeah. Um, I think you could put Tomb Raider there too. Okay. Splinter Cell. No, 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 no. I would argue that Splinter Cell is like second floor. I don't know anything about it. I don't have any attachment to it. Yeah, what? So, I don't know. What about it? I just, Is it like a Wasn't the last one not great? The Siege uh, or whatever? Blacklist? No. I People really like... I didn't play Blacklist, but people oh. really like Blacklist. Okay. And I think it's it falls into kind of a Devil May Cry t- territory for me where it's been away for a long time. And I, I actually think Ubisoft has been doing pretty well with their they, games recently, mm, just in general. I mean, Division 2 is a Ubisoft thing, and that's on the fourth floor. Yeah, but I just I I'm feel like I've enjoyed making a division. I've, I feel like I've enjoyed Splinter Cell collectively okay. more than I enjoyed the division. Okay, just put, was, just put it there for now then. Second floor. Second seems oh. extreme. We'll potentially put it on the third floor at the least. Third, third, not, third, third floor. Third floor isn't the definition third. of third floor. What the situation with Splinter Cell is like? You care and we don't. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Okay. That's the third floor. Okay, yeah. If you guys don't care, at I don't, all. don't care at all. Okay, when we're putting it on the that third game floor. could not exist and it wouldn't change my I life. I mean, if you feel way. that passionately about not caring about it, by the rules of this game, it has to be third floor. 
Yeah. We need guidelines. Uh, yeah. Halo so Shadow of the Tomb Raider's fourth floor. Is Halo Halo's just rumored? So if we had more to go on for Halo, I would argue that it would be second floor. Right. But, but I think it's a Final Fantasy VII situation yeah, where we like, just think, don't know enough. I, I think it's just such an unknown and what we're going to see may not be substantial at all yeah. mm-hmm. that I think Halo is fourth floor. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Like, if they show anything, I could just see, like, a logo. We've got five on the fourth floor, third on the third, three on the third floor, and one in the top floor. Uh, Way to go. Uh, Battlefield Five to me, is, like, one of those where I'm, like, certain it'll be good. Yeah. But I'm not, like, hyped about it. Just cause it's, it's such a mainstay to me. I'm like, hey, there's a really solid thing that happens. To add on to that, Ian, um, I am almost certain that I will enjoy Battlefield Five as I enjoy most of the Battlefield yes, games. Right. But I think it'll be pretty boring at E3. Right. It's one of those things that you don't need to know anything about it, in my, like, like for me anyway. We've seen them present Battlefield games so many times, yeah. and it's fucking EA, so mm-hmm. I feel like you can kind of yeah. guarantee you know how they're going to... Like, it's just not yeah. going to be that exciting yeah. at E3. There'll be some trailers, and then like a bunch of Snoop Dogs will play it against each other. <laughs> All right, Battlefield Five going on the fourth floor. Brad, do <laughs> you, you agree with I'm that? I'm with you, Ben, on okay. it. Like, I like Battlefield, but... Right. The the weird ones to me are things like... I mean, like Death Stranding, we're no, we know we're going to get a crazy-ass short film. Beyond Good and Evil 2, I think, will either completely underwhelm or really surprise. That, to me, seems like a third floor. Or it just won't even be there. Yeah. Beyond Good and Evil 2? Yeah. I think... I think well, because like, my argument for Devil May Cry 5 is like... If it is there, I think it is going to be huge. And I agree with you with Beyond Good and Evil 2, where it's like, if it is there, it could go one way or another. Right. And I think that's third floor. Okay. Sure. Or is that second floor? We have nothing in second floor. Second floor. Clear but, me up on second floor again. Okay. So second floor is where we all, all of us, and we think just in general, people are going to feel really good about it. But yeah. it's not like when Shadows Die Twice on, right. it comes on the We're going to pass out. Yeah, right. So it's it's. I feel really great about this, but it is not like a game that I would die for. So like Smash Bros would be second floor. Just I think like, Smash Bros is the ideal candidate for second floor because everyone's like solid on it. But like whatever. Like I'm I'm excited for for Smash Brothers by a lot, but it is not yeah. like right. I'm going to cry. I feel for the same it. about Spider Man. Like. I mean, to me, I care less about so Spider-Man there's, than there's another Jones, thing, but, and, and Bosman inexplicably. But There's another thing that I want to talk about, and I think Octopath Traveler suffers from this as well. And I think, actually, Dragon Quest XI suffers from this. Proximity to release. Yes. I think a lot of the Close. excitement for E3 is amplified by, whoa, I didn't expect this, or man, we're going to get that next year. Right. I, I think distance is important, and when it's like, this looks great, but I'm going to be playing Octopath in a month. Um, I just yeah. think it's inherently the, makes the e threeness of it a little less exciting. I hear you. Sure, because it's sure. not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not surprising, and we're close enough to release that we've already seen a lot of it. Right. Uh, the thing I'll give the so edge third to Beyond floor. Good and Evil Two is like we've never seen like the game being game played. All, yeah. Right. So I think that's really exciting to see how the game is actually played. Yeah, I'm just saying we've only got four spots on Correct. the second floor. I'm not like, I'm not a, like I haven't even played the first Beyond Good and Evil, so I have no attachment to it. Yeah. Same. So I yeah. just loved that trailer. Like I, I liked the trailer. I didn't love it as much as everyone else though. So the thing for me, I'm gonna make a case for Cyberpunk being second floor. I am way yeah. more excited for yes. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk second floor That's for sure. Per- yeah, perfect. Yeah, because like I am jazzed about it and very sure it'll be good. I think everyone is excited for Cyberpunk. I think we know it's gonna be there, and I think just the general 
perception of CD Projekt Red coming out with this game is so exciting that like it's gonna it's gonna be like across the board. Like I, it's hard to imagine a situation where Cyberpunk isn't a huge win at E3. Yeah, that might even potentially be first floor, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Crack down three fourth floor, dude. Yeah, I'm sorry. Absolutely. Uh, that that serves the problem of too many E3s. too many E3s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anthem. Yeah. I feel like. Third I th- floor? I think Anthem is a potential third floor. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I think there's there's enough questions that need to be answered that Anthem is a third floor. Yeah. Death Stranding feeling second floor just because we know it's going to be, like, bonkers and fun to watch. But, like, we're not going to really probably learn anything. <laughs> That's the thing. That's what I meant with Death Stranding. Is Death Stranding is always exciting, and those trailers are super entertaining, at least to me. Yeah. My problem with Death Stranding is, and I think we're reaching a point with this game where it's like, you got to show me what yeah, the game is like, man. You got to like, show us. You like, got to... You got to... We've had four, three... You got to cash those three, checks. Three, like, crazy short films, and right? now it's time. And so if we just get, like, Two? more of the normal Death Stranding craziness, I'm not in on that. Like, I, I, I'll be in on like some Like, the trailer levels. will be cool, but... Yeah. So that, that's what I mean is like whatever they show it's going to be cool. I'm not ready to place Death Stranding yet because right, I'm not off. when you say like second floor I'm not like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Ghost of Tsushima second floor. Ghost of Tsushima, man. Might be like first, first That's floor like for first me. or second for me right now. Yeah, it's first know. or second for me. I'm thinking I mean, yeah. I'm going to put it right by Devil May Cry 5. Okay. Last of Us Part 2 is second floor just because, to me, because, like, obviously the trailer is going to blow everyone away, but, like, that's what you expect. Yeah. I, I and, also like, everyone think, seems hyped on it. I also think for me, and you can call bullshit on this because I think you can make an argument the opposite way, too, Ghost of Tsushima is a little bit more exciting to me because it's a brand new thing. Right. Yeah. And I don't know exactly Same. what it's going to be. And I also really believe in Sucker Punch. I think yes. they have a good track record. Yes. Whereas, like, Last of Us Part 2, I know is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I adore The Last of Us, even though I know you so is don't. is that a third floor thing, then? No, I think it's second I think I'm, it's second I'm floor. excited for two. Okay. I think The Last of Us, I think you can feel good enough about the quality of The Last of Us Part yeah. 2 that it's really earning its... Mm-hmm. I'd say Tsushima Sush- top floor, then. If that's the logic, I think. Tsushima. You want to put it on top yeah. floor? Okay. Yeah. Very curious about that game. We have one more spot open okay. on the top floor. Is it Metroid Prime 4? <laughs> Maybe. 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 Um, Maybe. Let's talk about Pokemon. Where do you place Pokemon? <laughs> so to contextualize this, this is apparently... Uh, a remake of the first generation games. So you're going to be in Kanto again. And the rumor is that Wait, they're going to remake. Yes. Oh, fourth floor. <laughs> no way. <laughs> I think, I think by default, it being the first Pokemon game on switch, it's like not forgettable. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I think third, at least third floor. Yeah. I third. mean, I'll, I'll play it for yeah. me. It's second floor, but yeah, like, you I'll know, see it. I think third floor is fine to me. Okay. To me. Cause it's such a, like, it's such a shoe in that it's like, like ten things a second. If they show anything at all, like, it's like my great. expectations <laughs> with it Ben are honestly pretty low because I don't think it'll be the production value that I want from a Pokemon game. Where I want like real deal, big open world Pokemon game. I could see it looking like better than a DS version, but it'll be like that kind of style. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I think it has a huge chance to underwhelm. Exodus fourth floor, Metro fourth floor or third floor. <sighs> I, I think there's enough... I, I care about Metro enough that I'm not willing to banish it to the fourth floor. So, wait, wait, wait. I'm a little confused. Is fourth floor, like, we don't give a shit at all? No, it's, I thought fourth floor was, like, hype, but whatever. Yeah, I I think underwhelming presence at E3 for, for many different reasons. Like, 
I'm just saying, numbers wise, we got to put something on the fourth floor. I know. So the thing <laughs> is, is, I'm I'm willing to make like a sacrifice here. I think because to me, like Metro Exodus, Ori and the and the Will of the Wisps, like. They're gonna show well, but yeah. they're just gonna give us what we expect. I mean, you so can... like Dragon Quest Eleven is the number one game I want right now, mm-hmm. but because it's been out in Japan for so long, and because we know we're getting it soon, I don't think it's gonna make waves at E three, which therefore puts it on the fourth floor for me. I hear yeah. you. Yeah, uh, I think that makes sense. I say you could put Shadow of Tomb Raider on the fourth floor right now. Too. I, I think that. we already oh, did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. I would say Exodus and Ori on fourth floor, not because I think they're bad, but just because I think that they're gonna be what we expect to see. I just don't have context. I think Ori is so good. Yeah, Ori's amazing, and like that's what we expect. Sure, you're gonna you like you know what that trailer will be, or they'll play it. But like either way, you're like, yeah, it looks good. I, I right, I, it's hard to disagree with you. And we just have to put 15 things on there. It's like the math doesn't work to, out. It's hard to disagree with you. We can't. I love think everything. I think Octopath is fourth floor yes. for reasons oh, that I've already yes. ar- ar- articulated, despite it being another game that I'm personally very excited for. Yeah, of course. Um, I think Kingdom Hearts 3 might actually be our final second floor floor thing. Mm-hmm. And here's why I think that. Okay. Okay? Because we've been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 for a long time. Uh, and previews coming out of it have been really exciting. And so I think there's so much that they can show us that will feel fantastic. Where it's like, we know this is good, and they're hitting all the right notes, and it's still exciting because it's been so long. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just kind of this perfect concoction of E3. And it's still potentially far enough out that it's really exciting. And there's still so much we could learn. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the new worlds going to be? Yeah. I think it's a second floor candidate. I mean, well, you guys yeah, are passionate enough about it. Like, I think it's second or third floor, for to sure. Me it's th- to me, I would say third floor because, like, he loves it to death, and I never want to see it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know... I'm putting it in between right now, based on what you just <laughs> yeah, said. Yeah, sure. It's like, I've played it, so I know, kind of like, the feel of it and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. New Worlds will be exciting. I think Spider-Man is going to be really good, but I feel like... I feel like it's third floor, because... Yeah. You know, it's kind of already had its big unveiling, and it's mm-hmm. coming out relatively soon. And I think amongst the three of us... It's not fighting for that top spot. No. Yeah. Third floor? Like, I'm not Third even floor. guaranteed to play it, probably. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Okay. It's close. What else do we have here? Uh, we haven't placed Metroid Prime 4 or Red Dead Redemption 2. I kind of want to knock out the rest of these okay. bottom ones. How many, how many slots left on fourth floor do we have? We have four spots left. Um, things that we haven't placed, we haven't placed Days Gone. I think. I thought we put that. On oh, three. we put that on the third floor. Yeah, we did. Sorry, we did put that. Slap that puppy in four, baby. I guess they kind of had their blowout out already, right? They had a big game informer thing. I. And then I'd say amongst the stiff competition, I think we moved Days Gone to fourth floor. Okay. Yeah. Which means we have three spots left. Okay. Does that put? I know you guys love Smash Bros. Yeah, Can Smash Bros. is the second yet? floor right now. Oh, yeah. And we can move things around. Uh, What have we not... Uh, we haven't... Things that I think could be dead potential fourth floor candidates is... I mean, I, I know you love Shin Megami Tensei, but, like, speaking, like, raw numbers of human beings on the planet, most people don't. Well, it's us that we're primarily concerned right. with. Mm-hmm. Shin Megami Tensei Five is super exciting for me. The thing that is filling me with doubt is that I don't necessarily think we're going to see anything substantial at E3, uh, and we don't know that much going into it. Yeah. And so those two factors are kind of working against it. Yeah. Um, 
I still kind of want to put it on third floor, but I'm willing to see. I mean, like, I'm not sure either of us would play it. I mean, I think it looks cool. I just don't know if I'll get around to playing it. Yeah. I think, so I want to put Fire Emblem at least on third floor. Okay. Because I think it's, I think they are, I'm very convinced that they are going to show it. I'm very convinced that they're going to show a lot of it. And I'm very convinced that it's going to be good. Even though I don't think you guys especially care about it. I liked Fire Emblem. I'm interested in in the past, yeah. So, third floor? Yeah. Is that full then? No, we have... No, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We've got two Two more spots open for third floor. Uh, Four... Two more spots open on fourth. So, two on third and fourth. So, we can't forget Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh... And so I'm going to be there probably. I don't even think Red Dead Redemption is going to be, be at there. E3 in a significant way. Right. Yeah. Like, They're never usually Maybe there. there's a trailer. And I say that just because of the history of Rockstar. Yes. Now, Brandon, right. on the other hand, thinks that they totally could be. Yeah. Um, if we know. see the, the same thing, trailer in Sony and Microsoft for Red Dead, that's a, that's a point again. The thing that's hard is I believe in the quality of Red Dead Redemption 2 so much that if it is there, I think it's going to be excellent. And so that makes it hard for me to put it on the fourth floor. I just right. don't think it'll be there, though. I'm going to put it on third floor. I do not feel comfortable enough right. to put it on fourth. All right, all right. Let's put it on third floor. This is one slot on third, two on fourth. Where'd one we spot put, on third, two on fourth. Where did we put Dragon Quest? Put Dragon Quest on fourth. Yeah. Rage 2 is on fourth. Third. Rage 2 is on third. third. All right, guys. What have we not placed? I feel like we've placed everything. So, another thing that we have not placed Does the is... math check out? All right. So, we're just going to go through, and I think a more efficient way is to say whether we've placed it or not. Devil May Cry 5 is currently between the top and the second. Okay. okay. Uh, Pokemon, uh, I actually did not write down. I think we've... Oh, Pokemon is on third. Okay. Yeah. Metroid Prime 4 has not been placed. Wait, I would place... This is the remake one? The EV The remake. Pichu? Yes. Oh. That's the name for it? The rumored name? The rumored name is Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu. There are going to be two versions, an Eevee version and a Pikachu version. But why? I don't understand that. What do you mean? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, I would put Devil May Cry on second and Prime 4 on first. That means Ghost of Tsushima automatically goes to third. Third? Or no, Ghost of Tsushima is already placed in first. Yeah. Never mind. So you think Metroid Prime 4 is top? For me... Okay. That means top is full. Oh, man, it's the same argument with Metroid and Devil May Cry for me because they've both been gone for so long and we don't know what any of them look like, actually. I just have more confidence. If Itano is directing Devil May Cry 5, mm-hmm. I have more faith in that It'll than be I better. do. Yeah, I have more faith that it would be better. However, the thing that's working against us is Ian doesn't care at all about Devil May Cry 5 right. and we right. all care a lot about Metroid Prime 4. Right. So yeah. I'm willing to accept this. So like, yeah, if we're going with like... This is not a personal hype tower. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Okay, so that means both the second and first floors are full, which would bump Kingdom Hearts 3 down to the third floor. That's okay. That makes sense that's fine. to me. Okay, so that means um we've got one two three four five six seven eight that means third floor is full which okay. means anything that we haven't placed immediately goes on fourth floor. so that means death stranding is on fourth floor it means death stranding is on fourth See floor. we can yeah. we can <laughs> i mean that kind of makes sense in a weird way because it's like so theoretical that it's like all right we're we're used to it you know 
And that means Beyond Good and Evil's on fourth? Yep. Oh, jeez. And that's it. This is a rough list. That's it. This is, this is a hard game. Yeah, I don't like this game. So what we're going to do <laughs> is this is not final yet. This is what we've okay. written down so far. Okay, and I'm going to check the math right now and make sure we're good. So on fourth floor, there's supposed to be 15 games. Okay. We, Ben Moore, Bradley Ellis, uh-huh. and Ian Hink building the hype tower, on fourth floor have put 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games. On third floor, we've put 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. On second, 1, 2, 3, 4. And on third, we've got 3. Now I'm going to go. We, this is your last chance to switch things around or make a case on anything that seems disgustingly out of place to you. Okay? Fourth floor, Final Fantasy VII Remake. The Division 2, Gears of War 5, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Halo, Battlefield 5, Crackdown 3, Dragon Quest 11, Metro Exodus, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Octopath Traveler, Days Gone, Shimigami Tensei 5, Death Stranding, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Those last two are pretty intense, but okay. Um, I'm going to make a call right now. I'm going to switch Rage... Two that's, and either one of the. That's what I was just bottom. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want it to be Death Stranding? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it to be Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that, it. That's actually what I was gonna All say. All right, so we've had a promotion. Uh, Death Stranding is moving to the third floor, and Rage Two demoted. is being demoted to demoted. the fourth floor. Uh, why did we make that call? I think Death Stranding has more interesting things in me to show. More, more potential. potential. Wow. More, more potential. Wow. Wow. Like we saw the gameplay trail of Rage. Already. Um, I know I fought for it. No, actually, I think it's right. Okay, so at the top of the third floor, we've I would got, swap it with Beyond Good and Evil. We've got Splinter Cell, Anthem, Pokemon, Spider Man, Fire Emblem, Red Dead, Kingdom Hearts 3, Death Stranding. You were saying swap Splinter Cell with Beyond Good and Evil? I'm going to make a case and say swap Anthem with Beyond Good and Evil too, as a substitute okay. instead. I'm more interested in the potential of Anthem than Splinter Cell. I'm more interested in the potential of Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell is going to be what it's going to be. Anthem to me is like, this is the is this the new? See, Mass I completely Effect? disagree. Is this the new Destiny I, I, is this a new? What I is think, it? I think Anthem has more of a potential to be. This is what it's going to be, where it's a loot game with your friends that's mediocre and forgotten about in a year. Whereas Splinter Cell, it's like, hey, you have this storied franchise. It's exciting that it's coming back. It could be a really cool new entry, depending on the direction that they take it. So, Brad, it comes down to you. Yeah, I kind of feel the same about both of them. I think they're just kind of both going to be what we think. Do you th- Sure. Do you think the only we should swap? The only thing I will give Anthem the edge on is it's new. That's the only thing I'll give it to is that it's new. I, I know some things about Anthem, so. What? You got scoops, bro? This is a bullshit card. Yeah. Damn it. You got scoops, bro? I mean, it's just like I don't remember what's public and what's not. So sure, I understand. Yeah, this you're, guy, trying to be, yeah. you're trying to be careful, but it just makes it hard for us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's nothing like it's nothing. Big. And when I say bullshit, Ian, I I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I'm yeah, mad yeah. That I don't know. It's nothing big. It's Kay. just yeah. I think I might know more of what I'll, it is. I'll 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 do. Uh, <laughs> I really believe in Splinter Cell. Oh, man. Is there something I else? Do. In the third you can bump place? Anthem. Bump Anthem. I, you know, if you're super like, confident, in you, I mean, you I, seem very Cell. intense about Splinter Cell, so I say swap Anthem no, with but Beyond Good and Evil. Olive Branch. What about what? What about we switch Spider Man and Beyond Good and Evil two? Sure. And what I say is, I'm <laughs> I'm very convinced that Spider Man two is going to be a great game. 
I really believe it, but I don't know if it's going to be that exciting at E3. Sure. Are you okay? Are you yeah, okay I mean, to guys? me, it's like they're going to show a trailer and gameplay, and I just feel fine. like I'm I'm worried that especially this close to release that maybe Spider-Man has had its moment at E3. Yeah. All right. And Beyond Good and Evil is such a potential surprise that I think it they move tier lists for me. Man, this feels wrong. I'm like mad. If you're mad at us right now, like I'm mad at us right yeah, now. You made us do this. I did. It's fun, man. You gotta <laughs> make hard decisions. You gotta make choices. B, G, and E, two. All right. So I'm gonna read the third tier. I'm gonna read the fourth and third tier one more time to make sure. Final Fantasy VII Remake, Fourth Floor, Division Two, Gears of War Five, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Halo, Battlefield Five, Crackdown Three, Dragon Quest Eleven, Metro Exodus, Ori and the Will of the Wisp, Octopath Traveler, Days Gone, Shimigami Tensei Five, um, Spider Man, and Rage Two. Seems fine. Third Floor, Splinter Cell, Anthem, Pokemon, Fire Emblem, Red Dead, King. Jesus, Red Dead being there feels wrong. Red Dead, Kingdom Hearts 3, Death Stranding, Beyond Good and Evil this 2. This is about the E3 presentation I know, of the game, I know, not the I game. Know. Yeah. Second Floor, Smash Brothers, Cyberpunk, The Last of Us Part 2, Devil May Cry 5. I mean, I would swap Red Dead and Smash, but I don't like Smash, so. How do you feel about this call for me? It's an interesting call. I like Smash. I like Red Dead. What's going to have the better debut, though? I think Smash, Smash is, will have a better here, show. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. I think Smash is better at E3 because Red Dead is like a story-driven game yeah, yeah, yeah. where you're, like, you can't give that much away. There's going to be cool gameplay stuff, but like you're Smash, right. Smash is built in hype. When you're it's right. like, oh, Smash here's this huge... In, you're, you're Smash right. is built yeah, in yeah, hype. Yeah. Smash is built in I hype. I mean, like, Smash shows, like, one out-of-the-wall character, and it's right. already, and like, it's, the craziest show. And it's show. crazy, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. fun, and it's built yeah, for... Yeah, like, when, like, Robo is going to show up in Smash... We're going to lose our mind. Here is the top floor. Unless they put Snake in Red Dead 2, then I'm just like, whoa. Right. <laughs> top floor, Shadows Die Twice, Easy. Ghost of Tsushima, Easy. Metroid Prime 4. Lock it in. Yeah. That's the tower, I'd, baby. I'd like to make a case For of Devil swapping, of, of putting Devil May Cry on the top floor. It's swapping out what? I'm willing to swap Ghost of Tsushima or Metroid Prime 4. I care much more about Metroid Prime 4 than Ghost of Tsushima. I just care. I, I just really think Devil May Cry 5 deserves a top right. spot. Put Ghost of Tsushima on the second floor. Are you okay with this, Brad? No, I'm not okay with any of these, but it's like we got to make choices. Okay. I mean, if we're doing the arithmetic we did before, because I don't care about DMC, it would stay on second. Right? Yes, but I also think there's a factor of one of us caring so much. <laughs> I think we all care about ghosts and we Metroid. Do. We do. We do. You know? All right. It's like, I care about Devil May You know what, too. Ian? I think that was a sensible and That's reasonable sensible. argument yeah. that wasn't that didn't resort to cheap tactics. I mean, fair, I'm just saying, like, play. if you're feeling, like, hype things, Because if I was playing with other allies, we would have resorted to the cheap tactics by now. <laughs> we didn't do that. We could have gotten ugly, probably. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to read the third and fourth floor tiers again because we've done that enough, but I'm yeah. going to do the top floor, the games that will make us feel like we want to cry even if we don't cry. We'll just be so excited. We, we, we can't wait for these games. They're, they're, they're the stars in our sky. Top floor, Shadows Die Twice, Metroid Prime 4, Ghost of Tsushima. Second floor, Smash Brothers, Cyberpunk 2077, Last of Us Part 2, Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. I'm real hyped for Cyberpunk, but yeah. That was also, I don't know fight. that much about Anthem, so don't come at me. That was rough, dude. That was rough. It was fun, though. Did you guys it have was fun? fun. 
but rough. <laughs> I don't think Ian had a good time. Oh, I had a great time. He had a great time. I'm just starving. I'm starving too. <laughs> All right, we're going to quickly go through emails then. Uh, and I have to say, like, I say this a lot, but, like, I, I really appreciate and I want to encourage a lot of people have been sending in really thoughtful emails. Uh, like, they're, they're really reaching and trying to come up with interesting things for us to talk about. And I super appreciate that. Great. Um, and speaking of that, our first thoughtful email comes in. And sometimes they're pushing us. It's okay to push us. It's okay to strongly disagree with us. Sometimes that makes for the best conversations. The first email comes in from, I'm going to butcher this name, Olivier, Oliviera, Oliviera. That's how you pronounce okay. it. Or Oliveira. Oliveira. You, you're better at pronunciations than I, I mean, am. Sometimes it's a guess, you know. Yeah. Oliveira. Is Kojima still that genius? Hmm. <laughs> I like this a lot. Sympathizing with Ben's wish to replay all Metal Gear games during table during a tabletop escapades episode, I began my journey. At the end of this journey, what I met with was a less creative Kojima while being a name much more related to the adjective genius today than ever before. All Metal Gear Solid titles are marvelous games in the technical aspect, but only half of them have what I'll call a soul. Metal Gear Solid 1 to 3 are absolute masterpieces with a theme and a soul that carries those games from begging beginning to end mgs4 and 5 lack this passion that prior mgs games don't uh, transmiss went and played the buzz around death stranding is overly done by the game's press with the smallest move that kojima makes having normus reedus having norman reedus and mickelson at my eyes looks more of a choice by kojima because he watched the shows with these actors and thought they were cool and wanted these cool actors in the game and not because the characters were made with uh, them in mind, the the actors in mind. The buzz around the revelation of these actors is done by the too do- overdone by the media without any deliberation and creates a domino effect where only meaningless energetic screams and reactions that bring in the clicks get repeated. This not only hurts the media itself, but I see an inflated ego by Kojima in recent years. Why we all got on Kojima's side when he left Konami. Uh, it, it, when we do not know the full story. Maybe Kojima thought of himself as the king of the block and the company wanted uh, more power, and he wanted more power than was possible at his position. The reasons behind the split we will probably never know, and we took aside at the same time. Okay, um, so I did I did trim out parts of that email because it is quite long, not because I didn't think it was a good question, mm-hmm. uh, because I thought it was a great question, and I want us to answer it. Do you think uh, what he's saying is right, that just because Kojima's name is attached to it, we're overhyping Death Stranding, and that Kojima is not uh, the genius that he claims mm-hmm. he was during the earlier Metal Gear I games? I think Metal Gear Solid 4 is excellent and has mm-hmm. a soul. Yeah. So I think all f- all four of those games I think are incredible. I think Metal Gear Solid Five is excellent, and I'm sure from a story standpoint, I think it's immensely disappointing. I think it's a, it is really great, but it yeah. suffered from unfortunate circumstances. It did suffer from unfortunate circumstances, but I think even with those unfortunate circumstances, like that is an open world stealth game mm-hmm. that feels really incredible and is mm-hmm. super fun to play, and you can have so much creativity with how you move forward. But in. I think the other games have that. <laughs> And they also, don't. But not I'm on saying, the same I'm scale. Sa- I'm, not, I'm saying incredible gameplay with also a sure. really great story. Sure. Five story just pitters out completely. Sure. But for me personally, I think there's enough good in Metal Gear Solid 5 that I think there is reason for me to get excited about a new Kojima sure, project. Sure. Absolutely. And another thing that I will make, and like throwing around the word genius is pretty hard. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm willing to commit to the word genius, but. 
man, video games can be really boring sometimes. Yes. And like, just think about what we saw with Death Stranding. Like, it's at least very interesting, right? Like, it's at least weird and bizarre and yeah, cool. super weird, like, bizarre, completely cool different and than anything we've seen. Yeah. And so, like, I, I d- like, I agree. I think mindless screams get annoying, and I think yes. we're all guilty of that. I think Easy Ally is certainly guilty of that. But I think like, there's reason behind those screams still. Ian, what do you think? Um, do you um, think Kojima deserves the recognition? I've definitely heard that opinion before. Uh, and from people like in and outside of the industry, like where they were kind of just like, hey, maybe Kojima just like saw the opportunity to not speak up and let everyone think Konami was nuts. But really, like the problem was with him. And like, I'm not saying I think that or, or know anything, but like it's definitely a theory I've heard before. And it makes sense to some degree. Uh, I mean, like, we don't know the information. So, like, we have no idea. And yeah. any any speculation is speculation. And I guess I'm inclined to blame a faceless corporation than a human being. Right. Uh, but corporations are comprised of human beings. And these games are all made by a bunch of people, not just one man. Mm-hmm. But- um and the thing with Konami, right, is it's not just like they're screwing over the they're, way that like, yeah, Kojima their other stuff, stuff is handled. weird too. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, so like yeah. if the glove fits, you know, like whatever. But like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird because like certainly it would be easy to believe that Kojima is a megalomaniac or whatever, uh, or certainly like weird. But like, I for one welcome weirdness, uh, and you know. I'm excited for Death Stranding. Like, I get Death Stranding is where we find out, basically. Right. Like, he's this is what happens when like you have a filmmaker that had the reins in before, and then like for whatever reason they're they go off on their own or like mm-hmm. they work with different people and no one is telling them no anymore. That's when you see their true metal. That's when you see if this person is a genius or insane. And like Death Stranding is going to be the one that tells us. I think like we're we're gonna at least have a hint, one way or the other, right. with Kojima from Death Stranding. So really, it all rides on that. I to also me. I also think another. Th- I think that was all really well said, Ian. Um, I also think another thing for me that I've had to learn over time is like if you expect something to make you feel like the thing that was responsible for so much of your life. To, like sometimes we put things on such a high pedestal that it can't be reached because of the point in time that we encountered it and like the shape that we were in. So like Metal Gear Solid for me is the reason why I'm doing this job in the first place. It hit me so hard and it made me so interested in video games that I owe a lot to that game that I probably wouldn't if that spot had been filled by something else. Right. And something else had kind of ignited that passion in the way that it did. Mm-hmm. And I think other things could have done that. And I wouldn't feel as strongly about Metal Gear Solid. And so... I think I was disappointed in Metal Gear Solid 2 originally because I wanted it to feel exactly like that again, and it can't because that was a very specific thing. And so if you want Metal Gear Solid 1, if you're always being like, this has to make me feel exactly like Metal Gear Solid 1 is, I think you're setting yourself up for disappointment yeah. and failure and frustration at Kojima. Uh, whereas and in that's my part mind, of his power, right? Is like subverting your expectations. Right. And, I, and exactly. that. Like what made you fall in love with him in the first place is that he's doing all of these things that other people aren't doing. Right. Yeah. For, for better and for worse. Yeah, I agree. And, and like so sometimes that's that a risk that pays there. off and doesn't, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, as for the actors kind of thing, he's saying he didn't really, he thinks the actors kind of thing is overhyped and he just picked them because... Right. This is a good thing. Like, yeah, 100%, I think he picked these actors because he likes them, but I think he wrote the characters specifically for these actors though. 
I think he specifically wrote this role for Norman Reedus. Oh, yeah. He had this in mind. He right. wrote that role for Mads Mikkelsen. He wrote that role for Guillermo. Right. He had that laid out in mind, not just, I'm going to throw a random person into here. Right. And the other thing that, that I completely agree with you on is he was working with Norman and Guillermo before, right. yes. and he developed a very close relationship with them. And Death so going Stranding into is Death... rising out of the ashes of Silent right. Hills. And so to, to saying that he just did it because he thought they were cool, I don't, I don't think so. I think he mm-hmm. just really respects Guillermo as a director. Yeah. Now, on the hand of his... Kiefer Sutherland as Snake. I wonder if that was the case. Yeah, that I I agree with you, that and I think it's a good thing case. to bring up. Kiefer Sutherland definitely felt more of like a hey, hey celebrity. I can do this. Yeah, let's put it. In. I don't know if I've seen an argument for why it had to be this yeah. way. I what I heard was Kojima just wanted it. He was yeah. just like, nope, done with you. We're doing this. Mm. Which I I think Kiefer did a fine job, and I yeah. know not everybody feels that way, but like, I think he did a good job. It's, it's, a, it's just a very weird. It's, it's a big shoot of fill. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me the way that like Damn oh hair. like hater is snake right, right. I don't yeah. feel like right. for for as you know fine of a job as he did yeah. I'm not like oh Kiefer Sutherland is yeah, snake. snake he didn't, is he didn't reach hater. that level well of like correct my me. timeline but like didn't David Hater already voice this version of Snake no. before no, no. spoilers <laughs> no okay. Is the answer to that question. Okay. That's as far as we can go. I'm sorry if I just inadvertently ruined five. I never finished it. Wait. Ground zeroes, though. Let's just stop talking about this. Okay. We're going to move on. (laughs) Uh, We actually, unfortunately, have to get out of here a little bit early, so we're not going to do three emails. We're just going to do one more. Okay. Okay. Uh, And this one is from Tim, and I really like Hmm. this email as well. He says, frustrating patches. Hey, Ben. uh, It's been a while. Uh, singing internally since I've mailed in. It's been a while. Recently, Blizzard have added and made a few changes to Overwatch that are really beginning to sour the experience for me. In particular, they they added a character called Bridget, a support tank. Brigitte. Brigitte, yes, thank you. Is that how you pronounce it? Brigitte? Yeah, it is. It is. I I I mean, I'm probably not perfect at it, but yeah. And fucked it up. Brigitte. A support tank who has basically become a must-pick character and has, in my opinion, made the game worse. Mm. I love Overwatch, but this is the first time I feel like the players are really being pushed away. My question is, has there ever been a change to a game you love that has really made you dislike that game or even made you stop playing the game entirely? Wow. Hmm. Yes. Multiple times with Hearthstone. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, It's... Like right it's, now, the, it's not always Hearthstone's problem. Part of the time, it's my problem. But as a game that I've played a lot, a lot, a lot too much of, that I just get so sick of seeing the same decks or seeing how broken things are and how slow. I think that's the thing with Blizzard that can be really frustrating, particularly with Hearthstone, mm-hmm. is they are so slow to fix it that it's like if you don't like this thing, you're probably not going to like it for, for a long months. time. Yeah, until in next recent, season or whatever. In very recent developments, I think they're getting a little bit better at it, but it is a problem I have suffered in the past. So Hearthstone is the one that jumps to mind. Uh, wow mm. as well, like just not feeling an expansion or something. Sure, yeah. So this sounds like a Blizzard problem. <laughs> it might be a Blizzard problem. Well, I mean, I can't think of a lot of multiplayer games I've played a lot, like a lot for years besides mm-hmm. Blizzard games. Sure. For me, it's like, I think it's just a combination of a bunch of little things just piling up. Yeah. I'm just like, eh, I need a break. Like Overwatch, I'm just like, I've been playing for a while and then like the Mercy meta was real hot. I was like, this isn't fun. This sucks. Are there specific examples of yeah, games, though? Like Mercy, though. Like I said, sure, in Overwatch, sure. she was, like, dominating. You had to have her on her. I think she's really boring to play, so I wasn't into it at all. Can her. we think of a non-Blizzard Blizzard game? Oh, God, like, 
multiplayer I mean, games? Destiny kind of. Like, they change Destiny, stuff absolutely. all the time. Oh, Destiny Destiny yeah, that, like, just yeah. because I got burned out. Yeah. And I, yeah. I the, the well, new burned stuff. Burned out wasn't... and burned repeatedly. Sure. Just like, absolutely. oh, this Destiny's cost 20 bucks and it was example. nothing. Like, yeah. Like three missions. Yeah. Like, I beat it in literally 40 minutes. Like, come on. This is bending the question a little bit, but in the original Fantasy Star Online, my character got hacked. Oh, baby. And that. That killed hurts. a lot of my that interest. Hurts. Yeah. Uh, not, not for no fault of the game, kind of. This isn't a game, but damn it, Premiere. <laughs> <laughs> Just layer it out. Oh. Just layer it out, man. 12.1.1 build 10 is a train wreck. Oh my god. How Sound it, problems, like, export problems. So I hear you guys Premier, complain about Here's the thing Premiere is an amazing piece of software. It's so good, but their stability on updates is atrocious. It's hard for me to call it an amazing piece of software and I have to qualify that by saying it's amazing when it works. Yeah. I mean... When it works, it's great. Balancing for like a billion different kinds of PCs, like, I don't envy the task, but like, when an update comes out with this many problems that everyone is having, it's like, how did you miss these? But yeah, I mean, I do stand by Premiere. I love Creative Cloud. I mean, I think that most those programs are so good and I forgot how to use Avid, so... I cede to you because you are a much better, more experienced editor than I am, but, like, I get really frustrated with it. Here's the deal. I mean, like, nonlinear editing, like, I started when it started, kind of, like, more or less, and, like, it's always been a buggy nightmare. Like, like, weird fixes to problems is just part of being an editor. Right. Uh, And, like, a lot of houses will just stay, like, seven, like, a whole year behind sometimes forever. Um, just so they don't run into just so they don't things. run into these stability problems and it's like that's just kind of part of the nature of the beast brutal also not a game but come the fuck on windows 10 this latest update <laughs> oh, has yeah. caused so many weird problems the weird thing it always no like goddamn messes up sense. the sound every time like, like why are you breaking like, the sound oh, every why time why is windows like, explorer just suddenly not working for no yeah. reason yeah, like why do i have to pack? restart my computer yeah, in months. order to make this program work right it's just like what is happening yeah uh, the Windows, the most recent Windows 10 update has been frustrating for me. Yeah, I've heard a lot of problems about that. It's it's funny though, cause like games like Overwatch are are the biggest contenders for this sort of problem, right? Where it's like, just in the nature of the game, the characters have to be different to mm-hmm. be interesting. But yeah. because of that, the meta will always be like. There's, I wonder if I do wonder if there's a way to perfectly balance a game like this where there are different characters with different abilities, well, like what- a Street Fighter or whatever, like. Right. Is it possible to have every character be viable in a different way? Like, I don't know. Well, you would have to think about it f- so hard. What's interesting about this question, and it's interesting that you bring up Street Fighter specifically, is, uh, like, and I think the reason why we're struggling to come up with answers is you have to play a game and love a game enough that something right. like this would bother you. You and have to be for, an expert at something, I think, right. besides, so like, like, Destiny. For, for, like, for, like, something like <laughs> a lot of fighting games, we just don't have the skill to maybe right. be bothered in the same way. Which, I'm not saying that it can't happen. It totally can. But I think that's the reason why we're struggling, is we don't play it enough and are not at that level to really understand or get pissed right. off. Um, I think about things happening. like, um, cause most patches fix things, right? Um, <laughs> but sometimes patches fix one thing and break another thing. Right. But the nice thing about living in the time that we live in is like, say Vermintide two gets patched and something gets weird. They fix it later. Well, well, patches are not just like patches in the traditional sense anymore. It used to be like a patch was just we're fixing shit. That's all right. we're doing. Now it's like, hey, we're taking the game in a totally new direction. Right. And so you just have a lot more mm-hmm. reason to be upset mm-hmm. because they, they will, in some instances, completely change the game. A big example for this is Stellaris, which uh, for the Apocalypse, I think it's called, uh, DLC, 
it came along with a huge update to the game that changed the way like space travel works fundamentally. Right. And I kind of like it, but I know a lot of people were like, oh, because they took away two options. They, they removed them, at least from the beginning of the game. And like, that's a huge change. And like, it's a gutsy move <coughs> and they explained it well. And it's like, here's why we did this. And I'm like, that makes sense. It makes the game yeah. better on the whole. But yeah, it's like gutsy stuff like that can definitely burn people. Sure. Oh, got it, dude. Wow. Last time we quit was because of the random loot box you get when yep. you do something. I hated that. In Battlegrounds? You can oh. just get like a loot box. Like, what is this? I didn't, I wasn't, no, that, that was, I was not doing Battlegrounds at that time, so that Dude, didn't affect me. Dude, that's like me, when me and my brother quit. Sure. Ugh, yeah. Hated it. Don't bring it back. Randomization bullshit. Yeah, I hate it. All right, always good to end on anger and frame trap. Really appreciate Excellent. that. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, but no, sincere thank you to my panelists here. Thank you, Bradley Ellis. Thank you, Ian Hink. Yeah. Thank you to you. Uh, if you've been listening to the show this entire time, appreciate you watching. And again, if you want to join that Pokemon book club, there's going to be a link in the description below. Uh, there's also links to the sponsors. And of course, there's timestamps, uh, which by this point is probably too late, but you can skip to anything you want in there. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash easy allies. And that's it. We're out. Until next time. <laughs>